Check. Mic check. One, two. Yo, is this thing on or what? What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Platform Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dex. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you go hit that subscribe button, leave some comments, let us know if you have any questions for the guest. If you're listening on an Apple Podcast or Spotify, hit that follow button, leave us a five-star review. Today, I'm sitting down with a Tennessee native, one of the boys, head of social media, content creator for one of my favorite podcasts and one of the biggest podcasts in the world. We're sitting down with Jack McPherson from Bussin' with the Boys. Jack, how's it going, man? Dude, thank you for having me on, Declan. This is cool. Uh, really appreciate the one of the biggest pods in the world, whether that is true or not. Hey, it, I will take that compliment. I uh, mean, you guys got to be up there. We did crack top 10 sports podcasts this year in the U.S. on Spotify, which is definitely something to hang the hat on. But um, you almost, you'd rather be at 10 or 9 or even not even on it. Instead of being somewhere closer to top five, top you know number one or two, because yeah. we got something to work for now. Um, definitely some things in the in the chamber for us. Uh, hopefully expanding, and there's a lot of stuff going on. So I'm excited, but excited to be here. Thank you for yeah. having me on, and, and you got a beautiful home, beautiful dog. <laughs> so I'm excited, man. Yeah, I'm glad that you uh, are actually be able able to take the time and uh, and sit down. Yeah, we've been trying to do this for a few months now, but you know, busy season. I'm sure mm -hmm. for you as well. But glad it kind of just worked out. And really, more credit to you. You're I hit you up today. I'm like, hey, 4:30. You think you could do it? And you're like, anytime, man. Let's do it. So it's funny because I literally just had my last final yesterday. Yeah. Dude. So I'm like, yeah, I'm school's I'm out, free. baby. <laughs> Let's go. I'm like, I don't have shit to do for the next month. So yeah. besides just DJ and that's that's easy for me. So I, I had a feeling you seem like a guy with similar like-mindedness as me and I was like I, we're going to get this done at some point. Oh yeah. Whether and you weren't you never bugged at all. Not like you should cuz I'm literally a fucking nobody but you never were like, hey, man, like, let's get this done. You were just like, yeah, dude, like, if it works out, it works out. And I, I appreciate that in people because puts no pressure on, yeah. on anyone. And, you know, we all live in this weird, weird world of, you know, unidentified pressures at yeah. all, all time. So. No, I, I definitely like to, uh, like, plan them out. But like you said, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and You're probably you. like, dude, fuck you, man. No, I've not, been at trying. All, not at all. Not at all. I get, uh, I get, like, a lot backlogged. Uh -huh. So then I'm like, all right, cool, well. It's not like I like don't need to do this and then have it out by Tuesday. Like I have a couple more that are already backlogged before here, so it's nice because then you can can be able to take the time definitely to to have hey it doesn't work for me this week. I'm like all right, cool. I'm in no rush to put out another episode. But yeah, we're gonna get into a lot of things today. Um, talking about obviously your journey in your career to where you are now, um, blowing up as the uh, one of the boys in the back of the bus. Uh, we'll talk about some of the different roles that you guys have at Bussin. Obviously, I feel like the, the boys in the back are getting more and more and more popular. And from an outsider's perspective, you guys all have different roles, but I feel like you guys just kind of all are always working together um, all the time. Definitely. Definitely. We're, we all wear a lot of different hats. Yeah. But we, we seem to seamless, seamlessly mesh Mm -hmm. um we've got a good thing going right now yeah. um and it all starts with having like a good core group of guys so you, I, I love that about the, the workspace that we have it's good yeah and then we'll talk about clearly some sports because you're a sports guy i'm Why a sports not? guy uh we'll talk about your vols and then uh you love being that. a longtime titans fan life off the bus what you had going on for yourself 
And then we'll dive into some music because obviously a lot of DJs are on this show. Can't um, wait for the music part. Yeah? Yeah, can't wait for it. Music's, you know, my 23rd chromosome, you could say. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, first let's let's learn a little bit about you. Tell the uh, the viewers, the listeners, myself a little bit about yourself. Obviously, from here in Tennessee, went to Tennessee. Just give us some background. You, your family, your life. What's going on? Yeah. So um, my name is Jack McPherson. I am the social media director for the podcast Bussin' with the Boys. Um, I've been working with them for about three and a half years now. Um, grown up here my whole life. Grew up in Brentwood, which is about 20 minutes south of Nashville. Went to Brentwood High School. Uh, went to Tennessee, as you mentioned. Um, came back here. Worked a ton of different jobs, anywhere from uh, insurance sales to door-to-door window sales. Uh, my first job was at Pump It Up, where I used to get beat up by, <laughs> you know, small children. And it was, you know, I've, I've been my, been around the world a little bit, but I uh, haven't left home too much. Um, but I love this city, man. Um, and I love the opportunity I've been given here and place where I can truly appreciate it now um, for what it's worth, as opposed to when I was about 16, I'd kind of resented living here, not resented living here, but, uh, you know, you always just as a kid have these dreams. You're like, I'm going to get out of this town. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but most people have that thought when they're in a one stoplight town with not too much to do. I was living in a very, you know, up and coming major metropolitan city and just suffering from the curse of being a teenager and, you know, wanting to be different. You know, I'm going to go to California. I'm going to go to New York. Um, and I, I did, I went to New York for a little bit and lived, worked for, uh, a company here actually it was running a record store up there and but yeah other than that man just run social media for these guys i edit a lot we do a lot of production um just around the boys 24 7 mm -hmm. um so it's been good and um that's kind of you know the baseline story of where yeah. where i start yeah always some good vibes uh watching on the pod um everybody i've met you, I've met Garrett. Yeah, it um, seems like you've met most of the crew already. I've talked to JP. I've never met him. I've been. I've I've done some push-ups with him. Uh, okay, he did mention that when yeah. I'm Push Up Tuesday. You tune into JP Hubby on Instagram on yep. Tuesdays. He cranks out about 200 push-ups every night and brings in some people. But yeah, you mentioned that he was like, "Dude, Declan came on Push Up Tuesday," and I, I got a huge kick out of that. I had it uh, one of the nights that he was on there. I'm like, I'm just gonna hop on here and do this, and he actually like accepted it for me to go on. And then I started doing them, and Luna's like jumping on me while I'm doing push. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, it was, it's, it's a close knit group. You guys can tell that you're, you're a family there. Um, and it's, it's awesome to watch every week. And obviously for someone like me, it's something that I'm very interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, just all the topics that you guys hit. It's funny. You guys keep it lighthearted, but then also talk real shit about sports, which is always nice. Cause then you're kind of a news outlet for it too. Um, so speaking of sports, Obviously, you're a big-time Tennessee Everything fan. Correct. Uh, what are your thoughts right now? Titans are just coming off a big win against the Dolphins. Big win. Uh, you got Will Levis. He's looking good. He's kind of gelling with DeAndre Hopkins right now. What are your thoughts on the Titans and, and their future right now? Yeah, so we were talking about it before we started recording, um, but I think I can speak for most Tennessee fans, or at least Tennessee Titans fans, where – we, we really don't know how to feel currently. Um, before this win, we only had four in the season. It was kind of like, hey, do we tank? But as a, as a loyal fan, I like to believe you never want to tank. You always want to try and win, uh, prove something, whatever it may be. 
But um, we go into that Miami game, and it's you know it's we're one of the biggest underdogs. I think we were it was the, the biggest underdog of the year. Yeah. And um, I, you go look on my Twitter two hours before the game. I said, hey, man, these are the games that the Titans are not supposed to win, but we do, so take Titans money line. So, you know, that, that's a different story. But, I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, dude, I, it fires me up. Having a road win against, you know, one of the top five, ten teams in the NFL right now. Uh, we've got a rookie quarterback. And so are you uh, familiar with the Twitter account Freezing Cold Takes? Oh, yeah. So at the draft this past year, I was in Florida for one of my buddy's bachelor parties. Um, and I'm having to work that Thursday and Friday because that's, you know, it's part of the job, you know, a really big night for our industry. So first night, I remember firing off a tweet from my personal account and uh, we didn't take Will Levis in the first round. I think it was like the gif of uh, Wolf of Wall Street where they're all at the wedding dancing around. And it was when you don't take Will Levis in the first round. So uh, I'm it tweet does really well. I'm with my boys at the beach, you know, nothing can go wrong. We got Skaronsky, who I was, who I wanted to get because we yeah. need to rebuild this line. Yeah, because somebody fucking yeah, is, some is in the middle of retiring. Decided to retire. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that guy's doing. I think he's <laughs> broke or something. Who knows? But uh, second night rolls around, all of a sudden one of my boys yells at me and he goes, "Jack, you just got retweeted by freezing cold takes," and I was like. And I knew exactly it was from this tweet because we had just taken Will Levis in the second round. Mm -hmm. So from the jump, uh, most of the fan base has looked at me and been like, he was a hater. He disrespected. <laughs> he didn't want him. And, and I've since done my due diligence, and I posted a uh, apology video, his first start, when him and D-Hop went crazy. Three touchdowns. Yeah, and, yeah. So, and, I, and I, I did that. Um, look, at the end of the day, I'll never be able to take back my tweet on draft night. But Will Levis can prove me more wrong each week, and I'll never get sick of it. Um, so I love that. So I think right now we're, we're in an interesting position. We've got Will Levis. Um, we've got some, you know, you hoped it was Traylon Burks as behind D-Hop, but he hasn't yeah. been much. It's, it's NWI and, and Chris Moore. And so it's like these random guys who are, are doing some dog work, so you can appreciate that. But I think we we got to build around Will Levis, so we need to attack somewhere that's going to be a lineman, and we could easily end up winning seven or eight more games, or I mean seven or eight games total um, by the end of the year, and that scares me because then we're just going to be kind of out of the value picks for that stuff. Yeah, then you're sitting mid draft. Yeah, but I also at the beginning of the season I made a pact to myself. I was like, you know what, uh, you're getting older. It's like I'm not going to let. Football teams <laughs> that I have zero <laughs> reasoning why I would affect their gameplay directly affect my mindset for the rest of the day, which I'm a work in progress on that. Um, it's harder to do than than people think. Yeah, I, I mean, think I think every sports fan is right on board with you there. Where every year you're like, I'm not going to let it affect me. Not going Literally, every to. year the Badgers break my heart. Oh, dude, and look, and a Vols fan right here, really just being a Tennessee sports fan in general teaches you a lot about being a man, a woman, <laughs> wh whoever you want to be. It teaches you about being a hard-nosed individual because I, I grew up with heartbreak for breakfast, man. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the Vols are still giving me seconds and thirds and fourths, and so are the Titans. But I think it makes it that much sweeter that I didn't grow up in the uh, the golden grace of Alabama or Georgia where we were handed championships like it was, you know, free snacks at Costco. But 
for me, Tennessee, whether it's the Vols or the Titans, you know, if we win a Super Bowl or national championship in my lifetime, I know that that'll be a really fun day, week, month long bender, whatever oh, yeah. happens. So I'm, I'm willing to wait. Um, I'm just asking for whoever's up there looking down on us to just sneak give it to it, us one sneak time. Sneak it in before I die, yeah. please. I will say, I mean, I'm coming off the Bucks just winning a championship a couple years ago. Mm. Uh, it went to the game where they actually won the championship. I hey, huge, huge win last night too. Yeah, I don't know when this is gonna come out, so this might be a little dated talk. Be, but yeah. Giannis, man, the, he had me fired up. His brother Dropping trying to 64, get on, get yeah. on the the this or during the game yeah. trying to fight. Like I love that. I've got two brothers, and seeing someone else's brother. In a matter of an instant, snap, go out and try and, you know, stick up for your brother, even though he didn't make it because there was five guys holding him back. back yeah. That's that stuff fires me up. That, that's what is, sports is about in a little way. It's like yeah. you work your whole life to be the 1% of the 1%, and then all of a sudden your teammates with your brother. And they, I mean, there's so much more to that story, too. That, you know, they got two can, brothers because they got yeah. Lo, the, both of Lopez's, too. Thanasis is always like that. He's like the most energetic person. On the entire Bucks team, like if you're at a Bucks game at Pfizer and Thanasis comes in, it's like standing ovation Everybody. every single time. Yeah, and you love those guys, glue guys. He's like. a crackhead on the court, like just always going 100 percent and just going wild as soon as he touches the court. So it's always just funny. And then I saw that video too, where he's getting held back by like four of the guys. You gotta love it, man. Going to try and get the ball, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the the year that they won the championship. It's had to be one like of the a, best days of your life. Oh, yeah. And being I, at the game, too, it's like a, a moment that I'll never forget. I was at the game with my girlfriend. Like, confetti starts falling, and it's just a surreal moment. It's a moment and, frozen in time for you yeah. where you're just like, wow. Like, you yeah. have nothing to do with it, but it's still— Oh, but it means everything. Yeah. And, and to this, uh, like, dilemma where it's like— us as fans, we have nothing to do, nothing to contribute. But in a way, we contribute a lot. And I've had this argument with Taylor Lawan, who's the, the co-host of the podcast I work for. He, before he retired, had this whole mindset where he was like, man, like, I remember when Tennessee beat Alabama last year. Mm -hmm. I tweeted or posted something where I said, we. And then he comments on my photo. Instead of just being happy for me after 16 years of heartbreak, he was like, this guy thinks he played in the game. And I was like, you know what? I don't, it doesn't even matter. Like he, he's just trying to punch up. But since he's been, like, he's not retired officially, but he hasn't been playing this year. He's been watching from a fan perspective. He's been watching and he, and his mindset has totally changed. I, I've seen real growth in real time. And he's like, I can see how it's like, it's, it almost means more, even though it doesn't. Cause I, I'm sure there's a few athletes out there that are like, shut the fuck up. And I get that, but um, it's cool to see people uh, flip flop and see both sides of the the coin. Because yeah. um, at the end of the day, man, it's like we're all just living on this spinning rock. It's like if you can find something that brings you enjoyment, like whether it's sports or music or, or film, whatever it is, it's fun to just feel that passion. It's mm -hmm. like that to me is like one of the the cornerstones of life. So yeah. I, I it's, it's fun. It's heartbreaking, but you know you wouldn't understand the worst day of your life without, or excuse me, you wouldn't understand the best day of your life without the worst day of your life. So you gotta, you gotta understand perspective. Yeah. It's cool to see Taylor, uh, see it from like a fan's eye all year too. And I'm sure you guys are always in his ear too, to, to tell him like even more so how it is, but yeah, I mean the NFL landscape, what are you thinking right now? Like who, who's your Super Bowl favorite? 
I mean, 49ers are looking mean right now, mm-hmm. man. They are looking really good. And Brock Purdy, he's been uh, proving doubters wrong. He's playing good games. And they just have an insanely talented offense from Christian McCaffrey and Debo and George Kittle. And they have Trent it's Williams, maybe insane. one of the best linemen of all time. And, the, and, and just an incredible coaching staff. So, I mean, I think right now they're hitting – it's all about December football. Yep. Like the way you're playing in August and September um, is way different than December. Um, and when you're playing well in December, it typically is the domino that that leads you into the playoffs. So, you know, I think the 49ers have it. I wouldn't be shocked if we see another 49ers, Eagles in the NFC Championship. And then AFC is, is tough because the Chiefs are hitting a lag right now and the Bills are really starting to turn up. So I don't know. I mean, I I could see a 49ers Bills uh Super Bowl. Okay. I think that there there's possibility. I think the Bills are hitting that stride right when they need to. Um but yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all if the 49ers went back and and took something. Yeah, me I'm NFC same way. It's the 49ers have just they're they're a Madden team that you just create and you threw players on like to have arguably the best tight end in football. Mm-hmm. The best running back. Debo is insanely talented from a running back and a receiver perspective. And then you have Brock Purdy, who is one of the best quarterbacks on a rookie contract, getting not even a million a year. They were saying, I forget who the player was, but they do it with a lot of athletes. And they'll be like, uh, it was an MLB player, and I I hate that I can't reference his name, but they were saying in two games he gets paid the same amount as what Brock Purdy does in one season. It was probably Otani in his new deal. It might be, but in Otani, that Otani deal is crazy too. And I'm not even a huge baseball guy, but when there's like things like that that shake the foundation of sports, that to me is cool when you're just like, hey, look, I, I appreciate baseball for what it is, and I watch a lot during October. And mm-hmm. but I'm not like because in Tennessee we have the Sounds, and I like going to the Sounds games. But they're the, they're the Brewers team. Yeah, exactly, the farm yeah. team. But if I had to claim one, to be the Braves, and they've they've been you know been doing well the last few years. Obviously, didn't have the ending that they wanted to this year. But yeah, the. That that deal is just insane. Just you know, two million a year deferred to six hundred and eighty and ten. And I saw people compare it to uh, Bobby Bonilla's deal. Okay, that's, like, dude, Mitch and our he was Mitch was talking about that literally two days ago. Yeah. So I love you his like that. just ended too. I think this year was the last year that he got paid out of that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's seven hundred million is fucking insane. I mean, it's just, that's just your grandchildren great grandchildren great great it's like we can go on for five minutes mm. saying your lineage is set forever forever I and mean, you know he's investing it and it's even i we were kind of just talking about a little bit before with like tommy devito mm-hmm. but even the endorsements and stuff that he's going to get it's you're outside of your contract that's why you're allowed to defer it and he's able to do it without even having a second thought He's gonna make so much money off of fucking New Balance or whoever else he's like sponsored by. And his name is just so hot that that agents and advertisers are like their palms are sweating. They're and we only think about it here too, where it's like think about in Asia. Oh my, where he's gosh. probably a million times more popular too. Oh, he, and yeah, those. In, I mean, where literally you can't walk two feet without getting hit with a billboard there. Exactly. I mean, you think there's advertising here? I've never been to. Asia, no, but but yeah, yeah, you see it, and you know it's a walking billboard there. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure, yeah, he's not. And, and it's so funny when like at least like guys like me when I talk about it, it's like oh he's he's only getting two million a year. It's like if I could just get a million a year, yeah, I'd, 
I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I'd be somewhere in the Pacific chilling on yeah. a boat or so. I don't know. And it's like, cause like, you know, 2 million, he's going to make 20 million in the next 10 years. And then on top of 680, mm -hmm. it's like, I think I could live off 2 million every Easily. year. Easily. Easily. I'm living off of well under that right Trust now. Trust me. I'm living fine. off well under that. Yeah. So I think I can make it work. But yeah, I, that, I mean, the 49ers, uh, they're looking like a goddamn super team. They're definitely the team right now out of the NFC for me that just are a super team with all those studs on offense. Their defense is obviously very good too. For the AFC, it's hard because it's hard, man. I, Especially I like, when the Chiefs lose, it yeah. makes it much harder. And usually you're just like, oh, the Chiefs are coming out of the AFC. The last couple of years, like, that's just kind of what you expect. We were like, mm -hmm. at least they're going to go to the championship and they'll play Bills, Bengals, whoever. Um, and obviously, like last week's loss against the Bills was, yeah, they were possibly going to win that game if you don't have Kadarius Tony called for being offsides. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I somehow still think that like they're going to ride the ship, and I wouldn't doubt it at all. And at least like make it to the championship. I do feel like out of the AFC, like the Ravens just don't get talked about at all, and they have they, the don't. they have the best record. They don't – I don't understand that either. And I feel like the, obviously Mark Andrews, the loss was was huge for them. He's such a crucial guy that spreads the field. So I don't know exactly how that's going to like affect them directly going postseason. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think the AFC – the NFC is just very decided on, at least for the top dogs. In the AFC, there's a lot of fluctuating factors. There's a possibility where – Every AFC South team except the Titans yeah. gets in the playoff, um, which I With don't the know. Two wild card spots, yeah, yeah. So yeah. who knows? And the Titans play uh, Houston this week here in Nashville, which will be the a Oiler big decider game. game, and it's the second Oiler game. Yeah. Um, and I said on our pod, if we could win two games, it would have been that Panthers game a few weeks ago because even though they were lower than us, they were the worst team in the NFL, and I don't think it would have helped us too much to beat the, or to lose. Um, and then I want to win this Oilers game because Houston thinks that they own the Oilers brand when mm -hmm. it was the Houston Oilers moved from Houston to Tennessee, uh, effectively in Memphis first, and then became, it was the Adams family, which is Bud Adams, the late great Bud Adams, who um, now Amy Adams, who is um, the owner of the Titans, yeah. she's done a great job, but she just let's end it right here. The Titans own the Oilers everything i saw taylor's thing today it. where he's like i think the winner should be able to wear it the next yeah, time yeah look i don't hate that idea i think that uh, an idea i don't hate like that, that idea at all because we play them twice every single year yep. and the second time we play them is always late in december so i think that would be fun and it gives an opportunity for both of us um the the oilers actually tried to get a houston uh, Texans jersey in the Oilers colors mm -hmm. and they made them and then the NFL C and D them because really? it was yeah it was the property of the Adams family of the Titans, Titans franchise yeah. um, which look I don't I don't like C and D's ever except one reason and the C and D is cool because if you get one in your early onset career it means that you're doing something yeah it means that you're you're turning heads and causing a problem which is big 
But when you're at such a level like the NFL and you get CND'd, it's almost just like, what, what are we doing? But I, I do, uh, yeah, if we could somehow organize the, the Houston Titans game every year to where first game of the year we play for the jersey, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. But um, let's get through one season where we actually have the jerseys before we make that, and then we'll see. But it'll be an interesting game on Sunday, that's for sure. It would definitely make it a lot more competitive, too. Those jerseys are fire. Yeah, so it's like, as awesome. a player, like... I'd want to be wearing those because they are fucking sick. But uh, college football, you got teams like a Florida State getting bumped out. Your your playoffs, obviously, you got Taylor pulling for Michigan. Uh, Does it kind of make you guys? Because Garrett is a Bama guy. Yeah, Garrett's big Bama guy. Who? How? How do you look at it from a Tennessee fan's perspective? Do you root for the SEC team, or are you like so? big of hatred on Bama that you just want them to lose? It's kind of in the in-between. Um, by no way are you going to catch me saying roll tide or go Bama. Maybe I throw some money on Bama. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, I'm, I'm looking for a good game. Um, at, you know, As a Tennessee Vols fan, at this point, it doesn't matter who wins. Um, I guess if you look at it like the conference-wise and especially how – you know, it's slowly getting closer to basically a Big Ten versus SEC two mega conferences. But I do think that it'd be big for the SEC um, if Bama wins, especially being underdogs to Michigan. Um, if I really had to answer it, though, and I don't know my answer yet, it's not about who I want to win more. I think it's about who I want to lose more. Okay. And me and Taylor have had an ongoing just tiff all year about Michigan and Tennessee and all this stuff. And going back to what we talked about earlier, Taylor's fandom this year has grown so much that he's just all over the place. And he doesn't know how to act some days because they're doing so well. And and as any sports fan, you hate when you're losing and other people are winning. So I don't know. Maybe I want Bama to win so that Michigan loses. But um, at the end of the day, I just don't want it to be – some like uh, TCU Michigan type game, or it's just a blow- or not TCU Michigan, TCU Georgia last yeah, year. Yeah, it's just a blowout. Yeah, yeah, that that to me, it's like we wait for these these games, um, and I, I just hope it, it's it's a fun game to watch. I'm really excited for next year, not for my team, but for the 12 team playoff. Because this year would have been an ideal year. Perfect year year to do it. There have been so many good teams. And that comes from me again as a Vols fan where we wouldn't have been in it. And that Mm -hmm. would have been really fun to watch. Um, But yeah, I'm excited for that next year. I think that's going to really shake up the college landscape. It's going to shake up a lot of thinking about how people react to games. It's like, look, okay, we we lost one. You can lose one game. You can lose a game. In the uh, playoff structure now, you lose one game, you basically are like, we're done. And for Tennessee, we lost our first game to Florida in week five, and we're like, fuck, season's over. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, maybe if we'd won out something, but, you know, I don't deal in what ifs anymore because yeah. it's just too painful. So who's your winner? Who do you got coming out of the playoffs? <sighs> I think Bama wins it. The I whole really thing? Do. I think Bama beats Michigan. Yeah. I love Washington. Uh, the Huskies won me a lot of money in the Pac-12 championship. Rest in peace to the Pac-12. It was a beautiful send-off. They had all the mascots on the field. I was like, I've never been a Pac-12 guy. I never like appreciated it, or even when it was Pac-10. But like seeing it dissolve, you're just like, wow. Like this was part of my childhood. This yeah. is just like I don't understand. I don't know life without these conferences. So it was cool to see that. 
But I think Texas takes Washington, and then I think Bama and Texas have their their matchup again, and I think Bama has their revenge game. Okay. But I would love to see Sark and those boys pull it out, Quinn Ewers, and uh, it'd be fun to see really either. I, I want Texas versus Bama or Michigan, so we're going to get hopefully one of those. But That's how I, ha- I have Texas beating Washington. I think that Michigan will beat Bama. That's fine. I think ideally as an SEC fan, it works out best if Bama, Texas, because mm-hmm. Texas comes to the SEC next year. So it's yeah. all, it looks good on the resume. We're like, well, Georgia didn't make it in this year. And a lot of times Georgia and Bama can slide into that 14 playoff. So if we could still sneak two teams in that finals, it'd be fun. But uh, look, at the end of the day, if Michigan beats Bama, I'm going to be thrilled. If Bama beats Michigan, I'm going to be thrilled. So I'm going to be happy either way. Either way, yeah. Um, I just hope it's a good game. Yeah, that's one of the re- – like how you were just saying you don't want a, a, a TCU-Georgia game. Yeah, where it's, it's a just 50 to nothing. such a it's, letdown. It's over in the first quarter, and then you don't even watch it, which is why I was happy that this year that that's how they left Florida State out because that's what I figured – What's going to end up happening. And I think this Georgia game will help solidify that argument for a lot of people. Because if Georgia goes out there and blows them out by 30, everyone's going to be like, well, thank God we left Florida State out of the playoffs. And, and I, was, I was truly heartbroken for these kids at Florida State. I was who, too, yeah. Who worked their tails off all year. They don't lose one game and they get snubbed. But at the end of the day... It's unfortunately, it's not about really who's the best team. It's about who's going to get the most viewers because that's mm-hmm. the world we live in. Mm-hmm. And what's the best competition? If Jordan Travis was still in the conversation, they're in 100%. They're in. Yeah. You, and, they, and then their second string guy's gone. So yeah. it's their third string playing now against Georgia. It's just, it, it's not ideal. It's not ideal for the committee to decide on. And I hate that. Like, heartbroken, like I said, for these Florida State players who did everything right, but it's just. It's just how the cookie crumbles. It yeah, because that's how I feel like it's been in past years where you look at like a Cincinnati who gets blown out. They I do always hope like Georgia beats. So do I. And I, I literally hope that they do just, just so to there's like not shut, a bunch of yeah. people. If they if if somehow Florida State wins, everyone's going to be like, oh, oh they should have been in. It like, will be two weeks of misery on Twitter. Because it it's literally going to be people saying that like we're the real champions. Like we beat Georgia. They yeah. should have been in it. And it's just going to start a whole fucking Same bunch of shit. Same was at UCF a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. When that, they were like undefeated. Yeah, it's yeah. that whole dilemma. And I get it. It's like, they like claim the championship. But that's <laughs> that's again, that's why this would have been the perfect year for a 12-team playoff. Because even if, you know, they don't have a, a first or second string quarterback, they're still getting in at, you know, a six seed, probably yeah. a five seed still with 13-0. But, oh, I man. mean, even out of just the, you could put seven in this year easily because you put those six, Ohio State, Oregon too. Oregon's both both of their games with Washington were good games. Yeah, and Bo Nix was hopefully trying to ha- what what is it twenty fifth year <laughs> in the NCAA. We gotta get yeah. we gotta get these COVID players out of the NCAA. There are too many kids that are like three years behind me that yeah. are still leading teams to Pac ten Pac twelve championships. I think like, like like they're like fucking Brandon Whedon. Yes. playing for Oklahoma State except. They literally have been there the whole time. They didn't like take gap years. I know. I mean, between Penix and Bo Nix, they had a combined like f- thirteen years. They 13 showed Bo Nix. They put like a side by side, and they he literally played at the same time that like six quarterbacks that are currently on NFL rosters. Yeah, it was like Mac Jones, yeah, Jalen Hurts, uh, like, yeah, all these dudes he played with like against. And these guys have been in the league for three yeah. seasons. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's it's wild, but. 
But yeah, let's talk a little bussing. How did it start? How did you? Uh, how did you end up becoming a part of the team? Yeah. So um, I mentioned earlier, I was uh, I worked in New York for eight months. Very, it was like a condensed trip. I knew my starting uh, end date. Came back. It was January of 2020. COVID happened in March. I got hired on a bus in the week after COVID starts. Um, and I was an intern. Um, the, the way I got hired on was my youngest brother. He sent me a DM, um, Bustin's hiring interns. I sent over my resume to some people, got through a round or two, and then I ended up getting hired on. Um, it was it was miserable the first year. I mean, I was unpaid for eight months. Um, but at the time, it was like doing that or I'm going back to doing door-to-door sales, which my dad's a salesman my whole life. People growing up are like, you're just like your dad. Like, you're going to be a salesman too. And I, I, I understand that in a way, but I, for so long, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to be a salesman. And mm-hmm. I was like, maybe that's not who I am. So I, I'd been doing other creative endeavors. I, I did media all through high school. Um, and I was really lucky that my high school provided a very competitive, very engaging media program, did that four years in a row. Um, so I had like a good foundational knowledge of production and media likewise. But um, yeah, just was like trying to figure out, I heard someone tell me this one time, they go figure out what you don't love before you figure out what you love. Um, and that like really resonated with me because I've always like been someone who's like, what am I going to do? Like I, and when I was going to college, I was like, I'm going to do communications because I don't, I don't know what I want. I was undecided until I was a sophomore. I went through advertising uh, school for a semester because I was like, I just, I don't know what I like. So really, I mean, if there's anyone out there even listening to this who applies to them, I think it's very important to try things. It's very important to just go out and, and see if you like it because it's way easier to do a bunch of things and figure out what is best for you than to try one thing and put all your chips into it. And then 10 years down the road, you realize, man, this isn't for me, which isn't a bad thing. Like people make career changes in their forties and it works out. Um, but I think it's important to figure out what you don't love before you figure out what you do. Um, and then, yeah, so I worked for Bussin, um, unpaid intern, eight months, started getting paid by them. I was like, finally, you know, I'm making a little bit of room. I, uh, I can afford my rent a little bit um at this point um still i was working two other jobs for the first two years working with bustin yeah. a year and a half um worked for a gym down here a water company just doing uh production more content creation for them um and then got to a point where i was almost about to get let go by bustin um very scary time and i it was probably three months after i started getting paid for the first time um, and it wasn't for anything I did wrong. It was just a business at that point. We didn't have the overhead to comply with that many people. So I remember calling Will and I was like, hey, let's get coffee. And I just told him, I was like, hey, man, like this job, like I've, I've found something that gives me purpose. And for the first time in my life, it was such a new and rare thing to, to really know in my like heart. So I was like, dude, I will show up for $100 a day. Like, that's it. I just want to be able to stay attached to this because it's like, I don't want to go back to selling windows. I don't want to go back to, you know, writing insurance claims. Like, uh, this is something that I'm willing to make sacrifices and work nights and and make money to make up for this side stuff just so that I can be a part of something that I feel like is special and and can grow into something way bigger than what we're at. Um, And it worked out. I put my chips in the right basket at that point. Um, And now... 
this that was I don't know a few years ago. Um, been working with them be four years in March, and man, it's been going really well. It's busy as hell, um, and I love that because I always wanted to do a job similar to this, whether it was the social media I do now or do videography and make music videos. Cause I did that for a little bit. Like I thought that stuff was cool because I didn't have to go into an office. I didn't have to work eight to five. I was my own boss, but that's not the case anymore. I'm obviously not my own boss, but I love my bosses. And I, instead of working eight to five, now I work eight to 10 usually. Mm -hmm. So I work way more than I probably ever thought, <laughs> but it's something that I'm willing to work for. Um, and that i never used to like work and I, I really appreciate it now. And I've got to grow with a really cool collective group of guys. And I've met a lot of fun people along the way. Um, and, and we're in the grand scheme of it, hopefully I, I live for, you know, X amount more years. Um, but I think there's a lot ahead and I've been really blessed and fortunate to, to be in this position. And, and I think I've worked a, really hard to secure it at this point, but at the end of the day, everyone is replaceable. Um, no matter if you're top dog or not. So that, that to me is fun to think about. Cause it's like, all right, like, let's, let's get in there. Let's, you know, let's put a little bit more work in. Let's, you know, earn a couple more stripes here and there. So I, I love where I'm at and, um, kind of went all over the place on that story, but that's kind of the gist of how I started with Bussin. Yeah. No, it's cool to see. And especially like even that, that last part, just helping look kind of light a fire under your ass and, mm -hmm. and stay on top because you never know who the next person is that can be working just as hard. And Oh, there, there, there's not even a hundred, there's thousands of kids who 100%. do exactly what you do and that are not only better, but they're younger. They don't require as much sleep. And and the worst part is that they are, less money too. they're hungrier. Yeah. They are hungry to get in your position because a lot of people lose sight of where you get to in a certain point of your career because you're always looking to that next step. You're looking at the next guy who gets paid a little bit more than you, who has a little bit more freedom than you. Um, but you forget about how much you worked and sacrificed to get to where you are that you lose sight at the end of the day. You're like, man, you start getting resentful and, and ungrateful and you forget why you got into this industry in the first place. So like just having like, and, and it's hard to practice it. Like, you know, I can preach it all day, but trust me, man, I have bad days and I have mm -hmm. days where I'm like, man, fuck this. This sucks. I'm not getting paid enough. I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not getting respected this or that. Um, but at the end of the day, if you just like just recenter for a little bit and you're like, wait a sec, Hey man, remember four years ago when you, you know, you're living with your parents and you're not getting shit pay and, and you, people don't even know your name that you work next to every single day. So yeah, it's perspective is a big thing for yeah. everyone. I feel like job wise too, it's gotta be, like you said, you gotta find something that you don't like first where working in a position that you enjoy what you're doing every day has to be a thousand times easier because there's so many people that I talk to or like even my girlfriend being in a medical field. I mean, when she was doing nursing stuff, she was like miserable every day going to work. And I myself just can't imagine going to a job every day that I just fucking hate. Where Especially a job where your direct performance affects the livelihood of human beings. Mm -hmm. Like I, I post like memes for a living. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saving <laughs> lives. So like thank you to your girlfriend and anyone in the medical industry so I'm type one diabetic too. So I, I have a huge, huge appreciation, respect, and love for anybody who works in any medical field. Um, cause yeah, like I said, I'm, 
I'm basically a jackass for my job. Um, so thank you to those people who, who do real things so I can do this. That's how I look at it too. Where I'm like, people are, oh, you're a DJ? Like you don't really work. And I'm like, I mean, I do, but I yeah, hate, I, I hate, can appreciate I, it. Look, I, I hate that, that response because I've gotten it a bunch. Mm-hmm. People are like, dude, like, what's it like working just like hanging out all day? And I'm like, you don't see all the behind the scenes like, shit. Oh, I wish. Yeah. Um, but that's the perspective you should have in it because I don't think there's a very, very rare percentage of all humanity has a job where they don't have to do anything. They have unlimited, you know, financial resources, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like everyone, even if you work in a cool job is very hard and everyone worked really hard to get there. So when you can have that perspective of someone thinking that your job is just as simple as hanging out, that is where you're like, okay, on your hard day, like, remember, like, this is, this is cool. This is fun. Like the, we, we got into this for a reason and there's hard days and dude, everything is tough, but it all comes back to perspective. A lot of people, yeah. you know, you get in a job that you hate and it's hard to appreciate anything, um, at all. And I've been there, but yeah. I mean, that's a perfect little segue into, uh, what everybody does do. Yeah. And, uh, it's not that easy of a job that you actually do. Obviously, for me running this, I know how much work I put into it, um, the hours that go into even just starting to write a show of what you're going to ask, uh, the editing process, all that kind of stuff. And you guys have an awesome team from what I see every week watching. You got Garrett, you got JP, you got Mitch, you got you. Obviously, Will and Taylor are, are the bigger names that started the show. Um, had Bloss, and, and he's not there anymore and then now you guys out yeah patrolling the streets metro pd yeah but you guys all kind of do different roles Mm -hmm. within the team but i also from like an outsider's perspective and you'll have to tell me if i'm wrong this is just what i see like Mm -hmm. from you guys on socials and stuff like that i feel like you guys are so tight together that you guys all work together all the time and kind of just like help collectively to get the jobs done yeah no, it is like that. Um, we all have carved out roles and titles, um, but we're very much a, a working machine where all of us are cogs that fit in little grooves and we pick up slack where other people need it. We, we all wear very many different hats um, mm-hmm. and it helps a lot when you're able to kind of go over the boundary lines of your desired role and provide value it also goes back to being replaceable like everyone's replaceable if you can find that you can do other things outside of your role go over the top i mean it just goes a long way with people and a lot of times it goes unsaid which is like the hard part of dealing with it because you don't feel like you're getting said recognition um but it's cool but so so our roles i i said earlier i'm the director of social media um i also do a lot of editing um i ru- i'm kind of like the showrunner in a way i'm just the guy on the back in the laptop uh sim- similar to what you have right here yeah. writing the show notes trying to dictate the flow of the show pulling up ads stuff i actually like that. thought that uh from this 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 week's episode mm-hmm. twice in the episode you had like perfect little segues into the, the ad ads. Reads thank where, you. Where thank you're talking you. about like JP was like talking about getting engaged 
And then you went from like talking yeah, I about was that like, to sweating. I bet you were sweating out there. Yeah. Like, but the dude can. I think the other one was like game time. Something about yeah, tickets. Yeah, and you guys and were I, talking about tickets. I think it was something about the Bama uh, Michigan like, game. Like, I was you like, know how you won't miss out on tickets? Yeah. yeah. And you fed the segues. Those are fun. Yeah. I like to, you know, I like to consider myself like the Jason Williams of our team. If you don't know White Chocolate, go ahead and look just, up White Chocolate highlights on YouTube. Just dropping dimes Yeah, everywhere. you know, the, to me, a, an assist is better than the slam dunk sometimes. But you know, that, it's fun. Um, so yeah, that, that's part of my responsibilities. Um, and then JP, he's our senior producer. Um, he was running all the shows, doing the actual production, the live cutting, the editing, the, all the content purposes. Um, but now he's transitioned over and he's really taking on all, he's been doing the vlogs and stuff with it, which Mm -hmm. is like a whole nother job. Um, but it's impressive. He was juggling all of that. Now he's kind of transitioning to doing just vlogs, um, and then Mitch, he is also, I, he's going to kill me, uh, if he listens to this, cause I don't know if it's senior or associate senior producer, but he is right underneath JP and he is now in the seat JP once was, and he is the one live cutting. He produces the episodes, he makes clips, um, edits, you know, does all of that. Um, Garrett, similarly, he'll make clips and stuff like that, but his actual technical role is, um, I guess merchandising and live events. He's responsible for all of the cool merch we put out, and then um, very much, and I love the shirt too. Uh, but then he's uh, kind of like operations too, where he's organization. He helps structure our our travel and stuff like that. Um, so we all four have our individual roles, but we all collectively come together and are able to help when uh, someone needs it um, or just ask for it, which is really the harder part, I think, in this industry is asking for help rather yeah. than needing it. Especially um, with, with what you're talking about where it's kind of like you want to provide that value for yourself where then if you feel like you're asking for help, then it's like, oh, shit. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like maybe I'm not capable. Um, you know, the, in imposter syndrome sets in, you know, three times a week. Not as much anymore, but... Uh, but yeah, those are all, all our roles. And then we have Steven Bond, who's our, our new guy. He's our executive producer and he's taken over kind of the operational standpoint from Will so he can focus more on content. And then we actually just hired a new graphic designer. He hasn't come in yet, but his name's Cooper. And we're excited to have him too, but we're growing, um, expanding and it's fun, man. It, me and Garrett, uh, for instance, me and him grew up together. We went yeah. to the same high school. We've been best friends for forever. We've been roommates forever. He's not my roommate anymore. He just moved out a few weeks or a few months ago. Fuck you, Garrett. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. But um, but it's like they always tell you don't mix business and pleasure. Um, and they're like, you know, friendships and jobs can usually for the worst turn out. And we found a, a way to make it work. And similar with JP and, and Mitch, we met them through Bussin'. But we've all become really good friends. We were just at JP's engagement uh, party yeah. a few weeks ago. Um, and so I can appreciate when we can hunker down and, and get our business done and do that. And then outside of it, you know, if someone's struggling um, in some sector of life outside of work, you know, it's an open flow communication where it wouldn't be inappropriate to be like, hey, man, like you mind, you know. I'm just not having the best day, this and that. So I think we've created a really good environment um, where most people think we're just like these dumb, white, heterosexual males that like don't know what the word therapy is. And and I'm sure part of that is true, uh, mainly the dumb stuff. But <laughs> but uh, I, I do think um, there, there's a lot of like really just natural, organic 
authentic conversations that we get to have that I don't know if I've ever experienced in other jobs where you kind of put one hat on and you go to work and then you come back home and you're a different person. Um, it's refreshing to be who you are in and outside of the shop every day, as opposed to, like I said, wearing a different mask or trying yeah. to cover up who you are, um, which is just kind of how sometimes it works, you know? That, yeah. That is the cool thing about what you guys do is you can be unapologetically you on the camera, on the bus. And then that's literally who you are when you go home too. And you can tell that you guys, the camaraderie that you guys have built over the years is awesome. And then I even look at stuff like what Taylor and Will do for you guys, uh, for the, the, the guys in the back of the bus, like having the, the Black Friday deal and giving a percentage of what the sales were for merch back to you guys. It's literally like what sold me to to buy a little bit more uh, thank stuff. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, it's huge, man. Um, it just goes back to like our, our core group of guys. Like, um, It's weird because part of my job is I, I can shit on my boss on a public platform <laughs> and, and I get praise for it, which is not, I don't think many people can go home and say that. Um, but we all like to joke. We all like to have fun. And, and usually probably once a day, someone has a target on their back and you just hope it's not you. But at the end of the day, and like, you know, you have a one on one with someone, whether it's Will or Taylor, um, and you can tell that like they're not just like our bosses, like they care for the mm -hmm. well being of our lives in and outside of the shop. Um, and they care about the trajectory of where we're going, with, whether it's with Bustin or not. And it is with Bustin right now. Um, so I, I really appreciate my bosses for who they are. They've, they've been a huge cornerstone in my life and been big mentors um, on kind of how to just like, take my first steps in the last three or four years into the real adult world. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I love those guys. They're, they're, they're I, all good with me. I feel like you can like hear the saying before where it's, it's like, you can tell how you, how like your real friends are because your real friends are the people that will like talk the most shit to you. Uh, I love that where it's like, people who are too nice to you. Hey, you're not that close with them. If yeah. you're not tearing into somebody, then I just don't think you're that close. And that's how I look at like Taylor and you on the show where Taylor will kind of always just talk shit to you a little oh, bit. Yeah. And you can tell just like how close you guys are um, on and off the show. But yeah, that's what I think about with like my friends where it's from an outside perspective, people would probably see my friends hang out and they'd be like, wow, these guys fucking hate each you're other. Like, There's some big splits in this, yeah. this ring group. But I'm like, no, the, we're literally all just best friends. Well, but. I think the beautiful part about that is that, um, you know, behind closed doors with your boys, we're all ripping on each other. You know, mm -hmm. I'm calling you a pussy. I'm telling him he sucks, whatever it is. And then in public, they're not there. Someone says something ill about them. Oh, it's game over. It's mm -hmm. you don't talk about my boy like that. It's like, that's my people. That's my family. We're not going to do that. So it's like behind their back, I'm going to fucking praise them. Uh -huh. Oh, I'm going to praise them. But into their face, I'm going to tell them how much they're fucking, I'm not going to say this word because it's not meant to be on a podcast, <laughs> but they're fucking lame. Uh, so yeah, I think when you, when you can be honest like that, that's the, that provides a true beneficial, just, you know, a, a bro's relationship, a yeah. bromance, one would say. Well, you, you're working with two NFL vets that have been in the league forever. Will, obviously a 10-year vet. Taylor, one of the best linemen when he's healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, comparing your, your team to a lot of the other barstool 
teams and brands and shows out there. I just got done watching the whole Surviving Barstool. Juicy. Congrats to Will for bringing home the 100K. Crazy. Played a great game. I never watched Survivor. Uh, Me either. But watching that show was so Dude, fucking it was electric. Yeah. The, the shout out to the production team at Barstool. Yes. There. They killed it. Jeff D. Lowe, that whole team. They, yeah, really impressive stuff. So I was thinking about it after watching it. And then obviously, like, there's so many different sectors of Barstool. There's so many different shows. Let's say this next year, they put a surviving Barstool, but it's a team edition. Mm. How easily are the Bustin' with the Boys team bringing home that, that 100K? It's a good question. That it, we have to first start with, are the Bustin' with the Boys team getting the invite? Because obviously uh, Barstool originated in Mass, where Dave's from, and then they uh, set up headquarters in New York, and now there's a massive Chicago office. So mm-hmm. it's mainly Barstool Chicago and Barstool New York. And then there's one sector of Barstool called the Black Sheep that is Bustin' with the Boys, where we aren't looked at as much as a Barstool because Will and Taylor came into Barstool with their own uh, IP. IP yeah, yeah, and they kept it, which is big. So when they leave, they take it. Yeah. Um, so that we always kind of get a little bit of a uh, cold shoulder in that sector. But I believe that if they did invite us, it wouldn't even be fair. I mean, yeah. if we're even talking just strictly competition based athletic stuff, if you go watch some of the streams at Barstool, it's tough to watch. They're 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 like producers and stuff, and so are we. But you can tell that most of them did not grow up playing sports. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, yeah, it, I don't think it would be fair. Um, there we we'd lack in, in areas for sure, but I th- <laughs> I think we'd have a really good chance of making it a, a deep run. Yeah. I think that'd be an awesome pitch too, because there are so many teams where, yeah, you might not be able to bring a whole team of six of you, but even if they took two or three people from a certain show, uh, that could be the next the next surviving bar stool for the next season is doing a team one. They, yeah, they really blew the roof off with it. I mean, they've it was huge. I mean, obviously it was the some of the biggest guys in bar stool, mm-hmm. so that definitely helped the case, but. Suck that it got taken off of YouTube because obviously, like, there's so much room for for ad placements and everything like that, and then viewership. It's just easier to get people onto YouTube. People don't want to click one link and then like go to another. People one. even just don't, even though it's nine ninety nine, which is yeah. like something you're, you're that's like half of a typical like Uber Eats order. You're just like, ah, I just don't want to do it. But even just like the ease of watching it, where it's like I can just pull YouTube just click up on my it, Apple right? TV, and there's no app on the TV for like bar, bar yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah, so it's like I would have to put it on my computer and then cast it to my TV to watch it. Where it's like people just hate doing the extra steps, even though it's fucking easy as shit. So, but what about a solo event? Who's who's bringing it home? Like in a Barstool Survivor world? Yeah. Oh me, hundred percent. Really? Oh yeah. Just. Quick, I think so. quick answer I think for so. yourself. I, I think JP has a good shot at it. JP's JP could uh, handle his own in the competitions. JP's also very smart. Um, Who's backstabbing who first? Oh gosh, I think <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think Mitch might backstab me. We've had a little bit of beef lately, not in in the fun way. So, yeah, um, I think he might try and. Uh, and think like we're good graces and then, then cut me early. But who yeah. knows? I've, I, I've been thinking about this idea, though, just watching it and all these ideas. 
Um, I would like love to have something similar with our Nashville office mm-hmm. down the road once we like you know really collect a, a bigger group. But um, just watching that stuff as as like a guy who just like grew up playing in the neighborhood, playing in the cul-de-sacs. You're like, dude, man, like. I just want to be there playing with the boys, playing with the fellas, like having some fun. I think that is at its core, just like the best part about it is just like these weird random games where people's like friendships and relationships are crumbling because they're like, you know, you write someone's name on a piece of paper. So mm-hmm. it's, I'd never been a survivor fan um, just cause I never watched it and watching Barstool or surviving Barstool. It was like, wow, maybe I need to watch actual survivor. Cause this, this gave me a rush that I haven't had in quite some time. Yeah, I didn't know if that's actually how it works when it gets down to like the last couple of people. I'm pretty sure they follow it like yeah. pretty closely too. And then Dave's what they like, do. Dave was like referencing people, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't fucking get the reference, but like you can understand it yeah. from the context. But yeah, it it's it was awesome. It was cool to watch, and then like all the events that they play, you're like, fuck, like I want to play this. Yeah, you're just like, damn, like they put some thought into this. It would yeah. be a fun time. It's, it's funny because when Alex was just on, my buddy from the the Preds that was just on yeah. one of the last episodes. This is prior to Will doing the memory game on the show. Uh-huh. He literally brought up how we got to talking about like uh, other sports and stuff, and he was talking about his concussion test and how you have to like memorize all these things and yeah he's like, yeah apparently like, that baseline he's like apparently like football players are the best at it because they're they have to memorize all these plays and stuff and then i literally think the next day was the memory game and i like sent it to him i'm like bro like this is literally what you were just talking about yesterday and he just crushed it i remember um like at the end of each episode they play the trailer like the next week on surviving barstool mm-hmm. and like one of the last clips is will was like these guys think i'm a fucking idiot yeah. and like that's great promotional like content because i was like oh no will's will got got in this episode yeah and then it turns out he was the absolute best unfortunately you know he didn't end up winning that challenge but yeah it was impressive won the whole thing i I, I went to him the next day and i was like yo dude and his whole like speech afterwards being like they think i'm a golden retriever you know this and that like fetch the ball (laughs) yeah yeah will's good good bits for him i think will had uh one of the best opportunities to win that competition because there was such a uh chicago versus new york dynamic yeah, it was almost like they wanted to get each other out yeah and, he was and just they like, will, like they would rather vote for will so they didn't have to vote for he was like, like switzerland yes yeah. ex- that is perfect yeah he, was, he literally was switzerland yeah well for you guys running the show mm. you went on your own little escapade trying to get rich eisen on the show <sighs> How many days in have are like are you still doing it now or do you Oh yeah. You, okay. Today was uh day 544. Okay. So yeah. that answers my next question cuz I was going to ask since you guys got to go on his show if that if you counted that as him or is it not counting no, until he's officially it, He's got to come on busing with the boys and it's it's even uh stemmed even more when he's got to be on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um so we're still holding out for that. There was opportunity like two months into that whole escapade where he was could have come on because he was in Nashville and Will and Taylor said no because like we can't give Jack give a free car. truck yeah. for two months <laughs> of doing his job, which I understand. Um, so we're still fighting the good fight. Um, it was cool to go on his show. Um, I remember right as I saw him, he gave me a hug. and He's like, we're going to get you that truck, Jack. We're going to get it. That's was, awesome that he's like, fighting for yeah, you. Yeah, he's fighting the good fight because he's, he's like, I tried. I was like, I get it, Rich. Like, they're the ones who have this old, you know, ego dilemma. Yeah. But um, he's a super nice guy. It was nice of them to let me actually come on on the show. <laughs> but yeah, we're 
like I I wouldn't be surprised if we go you know to day thousand. Yeah, we'll see. We really will see. They're but just going to keep holding out so that way they don't have to give you the keep holding out. I mean, you've gotten to, to meet and cross paths with athletes, artists, celebrities of all kinds, comedians. As of right now, who's your top guest that you've had on the bus? <sighs> That's a good question. Because um, like each guest provides kind of their own interesting appeal. Yeah, they're um, also different. They're also different, but I, th- I think probably... Probably Shane Gillis. Really? Yeah, he is just pound for pound the funniest dude I've ever been around. And it's not <laughs> like he's having someone write jokes for him or or he's just a funny comic on stage. He is, if not funnier off stage than he is on. Um, and he's just like, a, he's a nice dude. He's been really cool to all of the guys behind the scenes. And we've all actually become friends with him. And um, each year, the last two years, we've all gone to Notre Dame together. And yeah. like this year, he had this Airbnb that I think slept close to like 100 people. And there was like 15 people in there. Had a full-size basketball court, full-size indoor pool. Four pool tables, a thousand bunks. Um, so we got to like hang out with him and his dad and like all these people. I also really love Caleb Presley. Um, shout out CP. He's he's a really good dude. He just recently came on. We've been trying to get him for a while because a similar of a Rich Eisen dilemma where Will's like you have to come on, but it has to be on the bus. We can't do like a Zoom or somewhere, you know, uh, where we might meet. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's usually comedians. I mean, I mm-hmm. love uh, people ask me who's my least favorite guest, and I truly, I might have one answer, but it's like not even someone you'd expect. It was like that I don't even really care to talk about. But it wasn't even as bad. It was just kind of stale. Yeah. Most of the people we have on, man, are, are just awesome, and they bring their own kind of just whatever that is that je ne sais quoi, you know. And it's 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 fun just hearing people's stories and and seeing where people grew up whether it was a similar side of town that you were on or it was across the railroad tracks but y'all have the same you know morals and all these things you very similar characteristics and even though you grew up in just complete polar opposite areas you're like man i can really connect with someone um so i think that's such a fun part of my job is i just get to i get to listen to people mm-hmm. um hear their stories see hear their struggles talk about funny stuff. And so I, I, yeah, but the comedians, they do a really good job of filling empty space. Mm -hmm. So if you get an athlete, let's say I'm going to use Derek Henry, just an example. He didn't do this, but you know, let's say we didn't know him. We come on, we ask him all the routine questions and then we get to a point where we're trying to give a little give and take. And he's just you know, a few word answers waiting for the next. Yeah. I feel like they're more used to it being like an interview type setup yes. instead of like being able to banter back and forth and 100%. have like a little and, more quick witted conversation. And the comedians there, I mean, that's their bread and butter is that's just crowd banter. Work. Yeah. Crowd work. Exactly. Yeah. So when they come on, it's like, I don't even write notes usually for comedians. I write like two, three lines and they never end up using them. It's usually they are the ones conducting the interview with Will and Taylor. When the Bad Friends guys Santino were Santino is, I gotta. Which I, like, I loved him from Dave. He is so funny. Yeah, and they basically just took that shit over oh. and Taylor wasn't there that episode. Uh-uh. And dude, it's just like them bantering and everyone else is cracking up and Will's just like laughing the whole episode. But yeah, that's that's who I picture. Yeah, Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee are right there too. Andrew Santino, I think, 
could be the only other person, in my opinion, that is funnier than Shane. Mm-hmm. He is just so smart and has his impressions are absolutely off the charts. So yeah, yeah I always appreciate the comedians. I'm, I'm a big stand up fan, so it's not not hard to enjoy. Yeah. I know you said, which actually surprised me um, when I was listening to you on another one, you said Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, dude. Yes, dude. Which I was happy because, I mean, he's a Wisconsin guy, yeah. born and raised in Wisconsin. I've met him m- multiple times. He's like, came out when I've been DJing. Super fucking nice, dude. He is so nice. Yeah. So nice. And I don't know why, just like, I never assumed anything about him. But we... we um, there's been very few interviews that were set up through a third party. Usually it's Barstool's uh, talent agent, but because Will and Taylor are, you know, decades each in the league. Yeah, they have the connections. Most of the, it's, most of it's just a text or a phone call like, hey, you're in town, you live here, come on the bus, boom, podcast done. Melvin was set up through Barstool, um, and so I was a little nervous going into it because I'm like – I. I just don't want to see the show go stale. I mean, sometimes with these athletes, it's just like they don't give and take. And Melvin was just, he fell in the uh, category of comedian. He was running the interview. Yeah. He was just so funny um, and so like just genuine. Um, and I appreciate authenticity. So he, when he was on, man, it was just like everyone left and like, you know when a good episode happened because we, you know, we shake hands with the guy, take a few pictures, they talk for a sec, and then they leave, whether it's in an Uber or their car. And then as soon as the door closes, everyone's like, yo, that was fucking yep. awesome. Um, and that was very much the uh, the tone when when Melvin left. So yeah. love Mel. He's, he's, a, he's a good dude. Who, if you guys could have anyone for 2024, obviously you just had The Rock make some noise, Tweet Rock the Boys. Did make some noise. Uh, who would you pick for 2024 if you could have any guest? <sighs> That's a good show. question. My answer is going to be pretty niche, and it's not going to carry a lot of weight with people, but have you seen the show Workaholics? Yes. Yeah, so, Anders, Anders went to, he was, he's a Wisconsin guy. Yeah, of course. And then- uh, And Adam is Nebraska. Adam's a Nebraska guy, yeah. Um, which is, all, makes all the more sense for him to come on, because Will being a Nebraska guy- um, Anders I, did a commencement, he did the commencement for Wisconsin like two years ago, two or three really? years ago. I yeah. didn't even watch that. Yeah. Um, but I grew up like on Workaholics. I love their podcast. I love them just as guys. They've always like just reminded me of me and my friends, mm-hmm. um, just like dumb idiots. So, uh, <laughs> and they've been on actually, uh, Adam Blake and Kyle, who is the director yep. and who's like the drug dealer in Workaholics, yeah. Carl. Um, they all just went on KFC Radio, Barstool Pod, this past week. And so I would love to see them on. I know Garrett is a huge Workaholics fan. Um, definitely kind of doesn't appeal to the masses, not like a shock value name. But I would love, love, love to have those guys on. Um, Adam yeah. especially, he fucking cracks me up. He's hilarious. Uh, Anders was just in uh, this uh, other show that I was watching too. Yeah, those those guys, the workaholics guys. I mean, I used to watch every episode. I was pissed off when it got like not renewed for another another uh, season. But that would be a very good pick. Yeah, if I you mean, guys could somehow get the Rock on there, so uh, there's one whispers. That would like, yeah. There's whispers. No confirmation, but whispers that uh, that he's gonna come on in 2024. That'd so be we'll fucking see. huge. We will Bring some see. tequila. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, man. Yeah. We'd have to. Well, yeah, let's talk about a little bit of life off the bus for you, uh, getting into some of the stuff that your personal life and how it's changed since be- being on the bus and gaining a little bit of popularity. Um, what's all changed for you? 
Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say like a bunch has changed. Um, like you know, we talked about. I grew up here, so I had a really good core group of friends already that that either were from here or from the surrounding areas of Middle Tennessee that I met through college, and I was really lucky that a big majority of them ended up back here uh, post college, and that's where I'm going after this as um, this Christmas party. And it's, uh, friends are are such a big, big aspect of my life. Um, without them, I'd like truly don't know where I'd be. Um, like work is cool. Like doing something you love is cool. Making money for something you love is cool. But at the end of the day, like friends and family, like getting to spend good quality time with people that like, you know, are like want nothing but the betterment for you, but also can talk a little shit to you. Mm -hmm. That to me is, is special. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I mean, I guess like, you know, from here and there, people will be like, yo, the boy, like Titan games are fun because that's like our demographic already. Yeah. So I'll be, I've been going to games since 99, um, been sitting in the same seats with my dad and brothers. So like hearing someone be like, yo, what's up, man? Like love the pod. Like that, that fires me up. Cause it's like the hard work you do, it pays off and people understand I don't necessarily like care about the notoriety. Like, obviously like I'm not going to be you know, dismissive of it. Like everyone loves being appreciated. Everyone loves being recognized. Like that's just part of life. It's, it's fun and it's cool, but it's not like why I got into this. Um, like if, if I was never recognized again in public, I wouldn't bother me one bit because mm -hmm. I truly just like love what I get to do. Um, but like I said, like going back to the Titans thing, or if I see someone out who like appreciates the pod and like, yo, I, especially when they like give in like uh, keywords of like, I'm a tier one, or they say something like relevant, I'm like, oh, you're like, oh, you I'm actually like, yes. watch. Yeah. Cause there'll be this like, you know, they're, they're fans, but like they're, they're not actually watching. Yeah. So when someone's like watching, watch, I'm like, all right, that's cool. Cause most of my friends, they, they see it for what it is, but they're like, hey, like, I don't watch. I hope that's not like, uh, and I'm like, I don't care. You don't have to watch. Like, I wouldn't watch either. Um, but it, it has definitely, I think, helped open a few doors, mainly like yours getting in yeah. here. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I do, I, you know, it's fun working, I guess, in like the public eye, but it's very scary in the same right. Um, one, because if you get fired, everyone knows you get fired. Um, everyone. And that's a scary feeling. That's not as much my fear anymore. But like, if you fuck up on a public platform too, it's very much just like, you know, the, um, it's the public judge, you know, the, mm. the public jury. So it gets a little scary in that, that right. But I don't, I don't, that doesn't affect me too much anymore, but I, I do appreciate anytime someone says what's up. And, uh, to me, it's all about humility. Um, most people are very assuming when they meet me too, and they assume I'm not a, uh, a humble person and I'm not also here to humbly brag about myself. Um, I just, I don't care that much about these things yeah. um, and people do assume that and that's fine because it's like you just get to meet me for a second and like i said earlier like you know some good people some good music maybe a few drinks a dog or two like a good scenery sunset like that to me is all that matters in life um just you know good people and and good health um because it, it goes south for everyone at some point or another so you know trying to take a moment here or there just to appreciate where we're at whether it's in your career or just like you know you had a good day like that to me is a win. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I love, 
I love just taking that moment. But I, yeah, it's it's cool. It's fun to get recognized at the end of the day too. Yeah, absolutely. I did have someone message me off of Instagram. There must have been somebody from you reposting it that wanted to know if you were single. Oh wow, interesting. Um, yes, I am single. How has being on the bus affected your your game? <laughs> Is it has it made it easier? I, I don't know, man. I mean, when you when you meet a girl out and um, she's like, "What do you do for a living?" and you tell <laughs> you her you work you for a podcast, a podcast <laughs> it, it typically isn't like, "Hey, I'm let's like, go I, home I'm right play. now." Yeah, yeah, it's more normally like, "Okay." Uh, usually they'll be like, "You're a red flag," and I'm like, "Okay, sick." You're like, "It's a really popular podcast." Normally, my go-to <laughs> line is like, if they're like a podcast, I'm like, "I'm like, it's not in my mom's basement." You know, I was like, "I have health insurance." If that if that nice. tells you anything, that's a, but that's a good way I, to but put I'm it. also not here to prove anything to this woman because I don't owe her anything. She doesn't owe me anything, and I'm mm-hmm. not here to be like, "Oh man, I work for this podcast with a bunch of white guys, and we just talk shit about football and nothing all day." Like, what does that do to you? <laughs> um, no, but it, like, yeah, I, I think that whether whether it's with women or just people in general, I, I like having conversations. Mm-hmm. I like talking. Um, I'm a social guy. I'm in. I'm definitely an, I'm an extroverted introvert. Um, I like my alone time, but I've never really had like a problem with the ladies in terms of talking. But I also find myself not talking to women a lot when yeah. I'm out. I'm usually talking with the bros. You know, I'm talking about stupid shit. Basically the same thing I do at work, but just in a social format and I'm playing pool. So maybe I need to be a little bit more receptive of that um, and look around more. And like if a girl comes up and wants to talk, I'm not just like, hold on, I've got to hit this eight ball. And, I and feel like I that miss is, and I'm like, fuck! You know, like, I feel like that is like a downside to your viewer demographic too, is you probably get more guys that like come up and and talk Uh, to you and stuff. My favorite reoccurring joke is if a girl comes up and says something about the, uh, the show, I I shake her hand. I go, guys, I want you all to meet our first female fan. Nice. Um, cause yeah, I mean, we got our, uh, analytics last year at this time. And I remember we were 92% male and 8% female. And I was like, yeah, man, for the boys, eight out of a hundred people are women listening. Like, um, but we're growing. I think we'll probably be at 91 this year. So we're just chopping away at the block. You have like the Kelsey brothers that are 92 percenters because, oh, of, because of the tush push. You guys are 92 percenters, just all male following. <sighs> I'd say probably the Kelsey brothers are swinging hard for the women these days. Well, yeah, with T-Swift on your side, that'll and he, help. And, and speaking of them, Travis has also been another awesome yeah. guest. He, he came is, on during uh, Kittle's camp? Yeah, he's been on twice now. One was, I think, during covid or a little bit after it was a zoom and then he came on in person um and what's funny is during um tied in you kittles you know his whole setup with all those guys it's so cool how they run it now um they do it at vandy for a couple days and every night they have like a social mixer and we go every year and they you know they treat us so well they give us all these wristbands for like the after parties and both years now i just end up with travis just like just cruising around doing whatever yep. he's just such a guy's guy and and he's he's a killer with the ladies you oh see, yeah you'd be around them i had uh, friends whose their wives were with me yeah. and and they're just you know bright-eyed starry like i'm like hey hey remember look at the ring look at the ring but he, he's a really good guy um, yeah uh, that's why I'm, I'm happy for all of his success because he is transcended. 
He seems like an awesome dude. I def I watch New Heights all the time. They uh, ha- they do a really good job. Very, um, very good we job. know the production team that does theirs, but they kill it. Wave. And, and it's, yeah, yeah. It's not hard to like those guys. No, I mean it's it's so easy to cheer for them, and they very rarely do anything that would disrupt that flow. Um, and who doesn't love a brotherly duo, mm-hmm. especially like the way the Super Bowl shook out? Like you can't, they write movies about that stuff. And yeah. like, you just, you, you love it. You love to see it. Um, like we said earlier at the beginning of this podcast, just, you know, that competitive brotherly nature. Like if, I don't know if you have siblings or a brother or anything. I had three brothers, three sisters. It's, oh, you got a big family. So yeah. you get it though. It's like, dude, being with the brothers, it's like. It was, it's always a competition about mm-hmm. everything, about getting to the car first, who's in shotgun, who gets the t shirt that's, you know, the best fitting, you know, who gets to play video games first, who's getting fed first. Um, and I appreciate that because I think it breeds like a good, a healthy, uh, competition factor in your yeah. mind because healthy competition is good. You can be overly competitive where it's a, an issue, but I think competitive. Nature is. I hope my kids have it. I 100% hope so too, because I am way too competitive the majority of the time. For you being here in Nashville, you like to drink. Where are your go to spots here in Nashville? So I live on the east side. So mm-hmm. um, by habit, I stay over there a good bit. I mean, I, I'll, I'll go travel all around town. I have my. My Broadway phases, typically when the weather's a little nicer, I'll go out, some guy who is paying for it all. I'm like, yeah, why not? Um, But uh, Lakeside Lounge, which used to be a very well-kept secret a few years ago, um, back when it was Edgefield Tavern, um, now it's become what I guess I could put it as the... uh, the predecessors to East Nashville, which is the Belmont kids. Um, a lot of Belmont scene kids in there these days, um, which isn't a bad thing. And and it's a huge mixture. It's just really buzzing nowadays. Um, and if you ask any of my friends who know me, they know I'm a a big lakeside fan. I love all the bartenders there. Um, so that's, that's my go-to spot. There's a lot of good places in East Mickey's and, Rosemary's fun and you know nobles, but um, I'll go venture out on Broadway with some friends. Any any people who come in town for the weekend, obviously, like let's go to Broadway. So mm-hmm. it's like growing up here. There's a stigma that people are like, I hate Broadway. I hate pedal taverns. I hate bachelorette parties. And there's truth in that. But like, what I think people forget is that like in 2010, people didn't used to want to spend their money and come vacation here. Now you cannot go to the airport without seeing three groups of girls with pink cowboy hats coming on. And whether that's like a, appeals to you or not, which I don't think a lot of people love it who grew up here, but I don't think anyone should hate it either because that is the reason why Nashville is cool. Like there's a reason people are coming here. Yeah. And I don't like seeing people disrespect others for wanting to come buy into the culture that has been set up, quote unquote, even though it's not necessarily like what I deem the culture of nashville but it is part of it and and so i think it's cool that people want to come here and they want to party and be on a fucking uh pedal tavern at noon on a monday Mm -hmm. circling nashville like that to me means you grew up somewhere where it's special and it wasn't always like that so i I have a huge appreciation for this city big and small all the areas um and i it, it bugs me when people are too cool when people hate on cool things just to seem interesting that to me is lame yeah. that is it's just not that cool um and it's okay to not like things but you don't have to 
you know. Give me a valid reason. At yeah. Least. yeah. Yeah. Maybe you got in a fight. Maybe someone treated you wrong down there. But, uh, you know, there's a reason that people are coming and, and taking vacation days and spending weekends here. Um, cause th- there's, there's been some really fun cooking here in Nashville for a greater part of a decade and more. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like going out and having a drink or two. I'm getting to that age where it's like, maybe let's, maybe let's do dry January, you know, maybe let's, let's chill out. And I'm getting that. But what's I, the fun in that? Yeah. What's yeah. the fun in that? But yeah. I, even, even just thinking that to me, that's what I like to call growth. Yeah. So we're, we're, you know, we're, we're working, toward we're it. working on it. But um, yeah, I mean, you're talking about the buzz in Nashville and it's just even more than, than just like the bachelorettes and the tourists coming here. We obviously have a new stadium in the works for the Titans, which looks fucking unreal when you're looking at the renderings and everything for it so far. Um, you got, where we were talking about the Nashville Sounds before, you got a lot of talks of them moving an MLB team here, mm-hmm. um, which would be, then you're getting three major sports here. You have the Preds, you have the Titans, you get a baseball team, really only missing uh, a basketball team because mm-hmm. then you have the MLS team over at Geotis too. So there's definitely a lot of buzz going on in the city, and it actually it makes it way more exciting. Like from the year and a half that I've been here, I've loved it. Um, obviously, it's a lot warmer than it is in Wisconsin. Oh, so yeah, man. I that's bet. always a plus. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's been very cool to be at. And then for you guys, you've been to a million sporting events within the last year, staying very, very busy with – the whole spring tour that you guys did, um, and then just constantly going out to different events, going out to Vegas tomorrow for this Covington and, mm-hmm. and Leon Edwards fight, which is awesome. I'm very jealous of it as a huge MMA fan. It's a good card. Yeah. Uh, it'll be very, very cool. Yeah, definitely um, excited for this fight. I've never seen Patty fight, and he's kind of like a, mm-hmm. a barstool off representative type and he's just like a fun dude to watch too. But there, that's gonna be fun. T-Mobile Arena is a great place to watch a fight. It'll be my second time going, so I'm excited. Should yeah. be fun. Yeah, it'll be awesome to go out there. Um, you guys, obviously, in the past, you and Taylor been gambling with Dana White. What's it like uh, getting in those rooms when they're playing that high of stakes, gambling thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars? Are you sweating in there, like, for Taylor? Or? It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And I'm not losing a cent. I mean, we're me and Taylor, like, he does me a, a solid every time where Dana usually will come in because he's such a busy guy. It'll be 11 p.m. when when he comes in to gamble with Taylor. Um, and we're in these, like, back rooms where it's like, you can do anything in there. Like, mm-hmm. you film, like, live stream. They control the music. Like, you control the music. You do whatever you want. Um, which is very different if you've ever been on a casino floor. It's very buttoned up. It's oh, you don't pull even your pull phone your phone out. out. Yeah. yeah. So um, that makes it a little less stressful, and they're very accommodating. But, I mean, so the max limit they'll let you bet on a single hand of blackjack in these tables is $30,000, and that's what they do. Dana will come in, gets a marker, goes, give me 30000 We were there a month ago. I watched Dana on Thursday night. He went down $1.2 million. Around like 1 15, or a.m., he brings in a full omelet bar. And he and he had worked his way back. He's down about $550,000. And he's just eating hash browns. He's chilling. I'm like, dude, this guy is down more than I make in like probably what I've made in my whole life. Mm-hmm. More, for sure. And he's just, you know, crushing a, a, a whatever, an omelet. So 
he comes back and wins $90,000. And it's 2.30 a.m. And uh, he looks at me, and this is the first time he had remembered my name. We've been out there. It's like our 10th time this year. But again, being back in these rooms, you're with like a lot of high-profile people. Um, and I guess in a way, I've gotten like a little media trained where like you just understand the room you're in and you just try and be as a little of a distraction as possible. Yeah. And that goes a long way with people because whether you're getting recognized or not, they understand that you're not an issue. You're not going to be a problem. Um, Dana is so authentic, like you said, and he's so nice. Um, And like I said, first time you remember my name, he comes back, he wins 90,000. He looks at me and he goes, Jack, he goes, I really appreciate you sticking around. And like an uncle to his nephew, like just like flips flips me a coin. I snag it out of the air, like twinkle of mine. It's like a thousand dollar chip. And I'm like, thanks uncle Dana. Like, you know, (laughs) I'm like, appreciate it. He's just like, he's, he's such a cool dude. And, um, following night he goes down 2 million, $2 million. How long has it taken him to fight back? So I left when he was down one point like one, and he yeah. was down one point two the night prior. So not to get them confused, second night at one point one million, he's down. And I'm like, hey, I got to go to bed because we had a big day tomorrow. So I was yeah. like, I don't want to try and push myself because I've gotten all the footage I need here. Come back, he I think he had gone up to two point almost two point three two point two million. He was down, and then he fought his way back. And at 9.30 a.m., he's still gambling, and he's down 500000 He's got to leave and go. And they had a fight that day on top of the F1 uh, in Vegas. So with zero sleep, he goes from there, and he does his full day, and he's just a monster. And just he does it it, without batting an eye. Taylor and uh, our whole crew are down on Vegas uh, Strip because we're at the Red Rock. We stay like 20 minutes um, off the Strip, which is like nice when you go because you're not in like the chaos of it all. So you don't like get drained so fast. But Taylor goes back by himself after we did some uh, like advertisement fulfillment and he was kind of tired. There's a guy named Steve will do it. He's like a big influencer type and like he just does streams and blah, blah, blah. Chugs a lot of alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, He goes back and he's like, I'm going to gamble. He said he had like five grand in chips in his pocket. So he goes in there. Him and Steve end up having $10,000 each in chips combined. And to preface it, Dana's marker, he just left it there on the table because he can basically do whatever he wants. So there's still half a million dollars in like he's in debt to the casino. Taylor and Will, excuse me, uh, Taylor and Steve are like, what if somehow we took these two $10,000 chips and combined them and gambled our way and paid off Dana's tab? And I'm not kidding. You can go look it up. Steve live streamed the whole thing and it's out on like Rumble or something. They literally made $530,000 and paid off a billionaire's half a million dollar tab in three hours. They fucking paid off half a million dollars, which you think about it and you're like, a billionaire? What's that to him? What the f- But for them, they're go ahead and lock them in in the Dana White Hall of Fame. 100%. They will never have to do a, a pay for a thing in Vegas for as long as they live. And it, tomorrow will be the first time we see Dana since then. Yeah. Um, and it was like 2.30 a.m. They finished at like 11 or 12. And Dana's just a workaholic. He's always doing something. He gets back to the place at like 2 a.m. Taylor comes down from his room waiting because they wanted to pay off the tab. And so he comes back and it's gone. But legally, you they can't do that. Him, yeah. So they, they come down and they just hand him half a million dollars in chips. And he did this whole video and he's like, 
he's like, people have done nice things for me in my life. And he's like, this is without a doubt the nicest thing any people have ever done. He's like, people just like, oh, like always want things from me, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and these guys like, so... Did he like try and deny it from them? I think that they were like, look, don't even worry about it. Cause I mean, uh, Dana just gave Steve for his birthday, like 250 grand. Yeah. So I think they were like, we're like, don't even try to mm-hmm. add, like say no. Cause like, we're not taking this and yeah, they paid it off. So we'll see exactly. That's fucking what's, awesome. What's I, going have on. you guys talked about this on bussing or not? Uh, very briefly. It kind of got skipped over. And the thing is we come back that night and we're all dead. So yeah. we go up to the room and go to sleep. And we, I wake up for our like 5am flight at like three 30, like running to the bus. Cause I think I'm going to miss it. And I look at my phone and Taylor's like, we did it. We fucking did it. And I was like, that is, that's insane. Like statistically to go yeah. from 10 grand to half a million dollars when you is can only almost max, impossible. When you can only max 30 grand too. That's because I, I think of like people chasing bets. Um, and it's very easy. Like if you have the income to be able to do it where you can just chase a bet and it's like, okay, you lose 30 grand. Now you just bet 60. You that's lose exactly. 60. Yeah. Yeah. But to do it with a, with a limit that's, 30 and not like more than that and come up to 500,000 is they said they hit a, a couple crucial doubles doubles yeah yeah it's the doubles and the splits yep. the, the that's how you really oh yeah but it's like it's so funny because Dana like give me 30 and I'm like all right I got it's basically half of what I make this year <laughs> You know, but yeah, being in those rooms, it's scary. Even if you're not betting, the, it's the high, tension, high you think you've been in rooms where you can cut the tension with a knife, you can, you watch it, it the tension just falling apart. It's so stressful and no, like people are getting, you know, lively when the time's right. And then people are just quiet, just, you know, white knuckled, like fuck. And you want them to win. Cause it's just like, it, it, you almost like you're losing in a mm-hmm. way. Um, it's such a weird place to be but i find myself in these rooms where i'm like so clearly the lowest man on the totem pole <laughs> there's like three billionaires and like i'm just like yeah man like <laughs> i feel like i like wouldn't even want to threw breathe. up my bathroom like this weekend and like i think there's still puke on the toilet <laughs> like but they they take really he's like oh i threw us. up on my private jet <laughs> yeah. yeah and then the guy cleaned it up immediately yeah but yeah i mean awesome sporting event that you're going to this weekend yeah it's gonna be a huge fight who you got winning it Edwards or Covington? I like Edwards just because I feel like Colby Covington is kind of the... Everyone loves to hate on him. Yeah. Um, So I think I'm going to just go with the crowd. I I wanted to see Volk fight in this one for... uh, for Ian Gary, yeah, uh, at 170, and just see a fucking unit just go and, up. And I love, I love when he comes out to land down under. Like, I mean, I'm not Australian in any right, but man, do I fucking it's love get, Australian it's like people. Uriah coming out to Cali, right? love. like, yeah. It's like I'm not from Cali, but like that shit gets me fucking hot. It gets you going, yeah. man. Walkout songs are important in MMA. So you got Edwards winning. Yeah, and yeah. I, is is it, uh, is Colby favored? No, I would assume Edwards. Oh, is, is Edwards? Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know the, the lines the at all. Yeah, but and he, he just beat Usman, who like that would be my argument is like Covington was just going to be able to wrestle him, but he just fucking stuffed Usman's takedowns all fight. So all I fight. I would like to see Edwards. I'll I'll never pick Covington to win. I fucking yeah. Hate him. Okay, cool. I'm glad we're the same shit page, out of me. <laughs> but out of all these events that you've been to, what is the single best? overall sporting event i'm talking everything from so not just bussing 
No, not just Boston. It okay, can be, it can cool. be any sporting event that you've been to in your entire life. Yeah. I'm talking everything from the venue itself, the game or match that you got to watch, uh, the drinks, the food at the venue, all that kind of stuff. What is the, the best venue any, yeah. any event that you've ever been to. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little piece from Bussin and we do tier talk and we rank them. So I'm okay. gonna give I'm gonna give you a ranking. I'm gonna start from three. And this one's kind of random and it was actually my team lost the game. But this was in middle school, it was my first NBA game, and I rep the Grizzlies as much as I can. They're their only NBA team that within the span of things, and there's a weird Memphis Nashville like rival. But it, yeah. anyways. I go for my first game and they're playing the Lakers and Kobe's playing. And long story short, Kobe hits a buzzer beater on us, corner three fadeaway. And I'm like 12 years old. And I'm like, I came down here to watch the Grizzlies lose. But it was like the first time in my life where I like some sense of like awareness. I was like, but this is like history. Like, even though the game wasn't history, it was like to see someone who is one of the greatest players ever do what he did it's like okay that that's fun mm -hmm. so that's three kobe buzzer beater in the forum in memphis um first nba game number two oh man it's such a tie between two and one i'm gonna give two to uh tennessee beating alabama this past year or two years ago excuse me in knoxville 16 year dry spell um, I got to go and actually, um, I was trying to find tickets last minute and some random dude hits me up on Instagram. He's like, Hey, my mom is the chancellor who, um, uh, Donna Plowman, who is her name. She's amazing. She's been doing awesome. She's good friends with Will. She's like this guy on Instagram. was like, I love the pod. Like I got you tickets. I was like, Oh dude, thank you. I'm like, how much? And he's like, no, for free. And I was like, I'm like, one, that's awesome. Two, this might not be real. This might be fake. Yeah. So I'm just trusting this guy. And um, so I go up to Knoxville with my friends. And um, I was with my girlfriend at the time. And we had two tickets. And I was going to be, he was like, are you okay being in the um, the chancellor's box? And I was like, well, yeah, obviously. Oh, wouldn't I be? Yeah. But then I get closer to the game. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, what if we win, though? I'm not going to be able to get to the box, to the field. I'm not going to be able to like really like I'm not to be like kind of buttoned up if I'm in the chancellor's box, which is fine because it's a free ticket and it's like the situation. Um, they said they're going to call me Friday to confirm the tickets. Friday goes by. I'm in Knoxville with my friends at the Airbnb. No answer. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it didn't work out. Maybe I buy a ticket tomorrow. We'll just figure it out. Wake up the next morning. It's like eight o'clock. I get a call, random number. I'm like, oh, cool. It's probably them. She's mm -hmm. like, hey, it's blah, blah, blah. This is the assistant to the chancellor. She's like, I'm so sorry we didn't get back to you. She was like, um, she's like, I, I have a problem. Or she's like, well, there's a, there's a, you know, something bad went. And I was like, oh, I was like, it's all good. I was like, I didn't even really think the tickets were going to happen. She's like, oh, no, no, no. She goes, we have you tickets. She goes, we can't get you in the box. It's gotten way too full. She goes, but how is it if you sit 15 yards behind where they run out of the tee in the lower bowl. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, you don't want to say it, but you're like, good. I'd rather fucking have oh, that. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather have, and I go, Oh, that, that is totally okay. I go, I think we'll make that work. <laughs> so I ended up sitting in incredible seats. Um, I ended up sitting next to, uh, like a professor who worked in the journalism industry there. Um, 
where she asked me to like come and talk to her class because I was talking to myself. It was like a really beautiful conversation. Yeah. The whole game, she was a sweetheart. And then we ended up winning, you know, rushed the field. I carried the field goal the post. Field goal post. Yeah. It was just like a, a moment frozen in time. I got to see my brother who was in school at the time there. Um, so that was a very special day. Um, number one, I'm glad I chose this as number one. Um, in 2019, the Titans were going on a very historic run. We were two and four in week six. Um, and then we went to the AFC Championship that year. And we had to go uh, Patriots, Baltimore, Chiefs, back to back to back, and then to go to the Super Bowl. First round is um, in Foxborough. And this was Tom Brady's last game as a Patriot. Mm -hmm. I was living in New York at the time. My dad and me have been going to games forever. He, and I'm so grateful that I have a relationship like I do with my dad. He's my fucking hero and one of my best friends. Um, he decides, he flies up, he meets me in Boston. So I go from New York on a Greyhound, meet him in Boston, then we go to the game. Um, the, the game is an absolute barn burner. It's so stressful the whole time. And to, uh, the Patriots credit, we set around a lot of really nice Patriots fans, which I feel like they get a rap of being massholes yeah. and just like pricks in general. We, I maybe we got lucky. There were a few stragglers, but the guys we sat right next to were really kind. Um, and then Logan Ryan, who doesn't play for us anymore, he picked six Tom Brady last play of the game. We win. And just to beat the Patriots with Tom Brady at the helm of their career is his last game. You know, my dad makes such a big trip. I, I traveled hours to see them win. It was just like, it doesn't compare to what you're talking about earlier with the Bucks championship, but it's one of those moments where you're sitting there and you're like, Whoa, like it doesn't even matter if we win the Super Bowl. Like I got to experience this with my dad and I will remember this for the rest of my life. Like I get chills thinking about it now. And then when I end up going to the game the following week, uh, we played Baltimore and we beat the shit out of Baltimore in the bank. And I went down there and then we end up losing to the Chiefs and yeah. Arrowhead. People say I, I was the reason we lost because I didn't, go, didn't to go to the Chiefs to game. But yeah. I was like, it was like 10 degrees in Kansas City that mm -hmm. day. And I had just gotten back. My dad was like, maybe you should go. And I was like, maybe you should pay for it. Like, yeah, you're like, like, I'm fucking burning money with these yeah, last two games. I was like, yeah. I, can't, I can't do it. But yeah, those are those are my top three, though. That's an awesome top three. Yeah. yeah. Kobe uh, would definitely be one that would be up there when he was on his, his retirement tour. I went to his game in Milwaukee. That was like his last game there. And that's one that i'll i'll never forget too i i thoroughly enjoy going to ufc events um just because i'm such a big fan of mma but until another team wins a championship there's nothing that'll ever take that bucks game away from me um just game six in milwaukee that was an awesome season mm -hmm. too for the bucks and it's just like your whole mantra is bucks and six and to win the championship first time in 50 years in Milwaukee at home and to be there is it's unreal. So that's definitely the number one for me, but yeah, I'm glad that you're uh, giving me a tear talk for me too. Definitely. So that'll be, it'll be good. So, uh, Mitch was just catching some shit this past <laughs> episode for, for being on another podcast. Do you get worried going on uh, other stuff that, that, you're gonna get shit from the boys. Nah, Mitch gets shit because Mitch is like the young, the youngest brother of the group. Okay, he's the newest. He's also the youngest. Um, and 
what I love about Mitch is he knows how to take one on the chin. Yeah. Um, he can be the butt of the joke. And I think those guys are not only important, but are very valuable in every industry. Yeah. Guys that aren't afraid to be laughed at. And, um, and Mitch knows, like, at the end of the day, like, no one actually is, like, mad at him yeah. or, like, shit like that. And Mitch is a really hard worker and, like, has been awesome. So I, I fucking love that kid. But me and him have kind of, like, grown into this fun little, like, we just, like, we just talk shit to each other, you know. But behind closed doors, when he's not here, I'm going to I'm gonna build him up. Yeah. So hopefully he doesn't listen to this or else he's going to have some ammo on me. <laughs> but definitely, uh, he, he's doing his thing. And I, he's just... It just goes back to literally what we're just saying. Like, if the guys in our industry, at least our core group, aren't giving you shit, I think it's a bad sign. Yeah, you're doing something wrong. It means they're comfortable with you, even though it's like scary to like when everyone is against you, you feel like you are fucking up. I think it, as long as you're not really fucking up, you know, you know, like the fine line, then I think it's good. Yeah. So I like Mitch though. He's fucking all time. Is that something that you like struggle with at all? Um, is trying to like, disassociate yourself from bussing and kind of build your own brand or or market yourself as something off of bussing or is it something that you're so invested with the company and you still want to help it grow so much more than it even is right now that you just kind of put all your your focus on the on them yeah the first like two years maybe a little bit more i always was like where's my pivot? Where is my moment where I can parlay this into something that's going to be my thing? Because it's very much an ego-centered decision. I was like, I want to be in front of the camera. I want to be the the boss calling the shots. And then I think once I started to get taken seriously there and they started giving me big roles and giving me guys that work underneath me, everything changed. I started realizing that this is something I'm like for the first time in my life I'm actually good at and I really appreciate people giving me a chance on that stuff so now in the last two years you know year and a half I don't like if something were to come from it uh, that parlays for me my individual brand that growths and breathes success awesome but it's not what I'm looking for. Um, I'm honestly looking for what is going to take our group brand farther because we're at like a very big turning point where uh, at some point we'll leave Barstool, whether it's next year, the year after, year after that, I, I couldn't tell you. But at some point we will, and I, they're putting me in the position to um, – for more of like a managerial type where I could oversee a lot of stuff. And that to me is something I never thought that I would be in the position position to do. So I'm, I'm really happy where I'm at. And so I don't, I don't, if something happens for me personally, my brand that's because directly affected from busing, great, but I, I'm good with where I'm at right yeah. now. Cause there, there's a lot of room for growth, which mm -hmm. is good with me. You guys have been doing very well. And like you said, there's a lot of room for growth for yourself but still for you guys as a collective group, I feel like there's still so much more room for you guys to grow as, as bussing. Um, there's still so much that you guys can do to, to expand. And I mean, I'm excited to see what you guys do into 2024 and who the people that you guys are going to bring on and everything that, uh, that you guys put out content wise is always good. So it's, uh, it's fun to see. And, putting out content, uh, working for the company itself. Talk about just 
the workload that you have because I know obviously from doing this um, and the content world right now, you have to be so quick with it. And you guys kind of do everything. Like you, you are sort of a news outlet too with when it comes to like sports and, and kind of current events and things that you guys are doing with interviewing different guests. Um, and it has to be kind of put out in a timely manner too. So I feel like as a group, you guys kind of always have to be on it. And with you running the social media, something happens in the sports world. It's like, you got to have it to be able to put it up right away. Um, how, how much of a workload do you have? And like, how much are you on the clock just all the time staying on top of sports and current events and things like that? Yeah. When I got brought on for the role I'm under now, Mm -hmm. um, there was, I don't know, probably a year and a half where it felt like I was on seven days a week all day long. Um, I'm very grateful that Will and Taylor have put the necessary resources in front of me. I now have two guys that work under me, Jeremy Klump and Sherman Young, two really star-studded kids who are just hungry grinders. I mean, Jeremy's got two, three kids, and I mean, they're awesome. They both work remote, though, and they've helped alleviate so much of just like the small moments where I'm able to take a step back and not get overloaded and hit that burnout because it's so easy to do every single year. Yeah. Um, but even then, like this fall, we've uh, a typical week. We would we had six travel stops. We traveled every weekend in September. We're putting out three shows a week. Um, podcasts, college gambling show, NFL gambling show, and then traveling for three days. And so that just like is a recipe for disaster when you just do it long enough. And it takes, it takes a lot of learning and us trying to figure out like the best way to approach how much traveling can we handle? How much workload can the team handle? Um, and we're kind of getting to that point where we're figuring out what's necessary for everyone and what's maybe best to stay away from so we don't hit burnout. But like I said uh, earlier, man, like I, I got into this industry because I didn't want to work eight to five and I ended up working eight to 10. Um, and, and it's cool to me because it's something that I enjoy very much and it's very unlike any other traditional career. So I take pride in that in ways, but I do, I hope that the workload slowly paces back a little bit mm-hmm. because there are a lot of days where I'm, I feel very just drained, um, yeah. redlining as we call it, um, flatlining, whatever. But yeah, I, I enjoy it. it. It's hard work. And I, to me, I, the best way I can put it is I think we're putting in hard work now so that in 10 years from now, we've built something that we can actually hang our hats on that's going to you know, be in its own entity um, and something that can carry us and and many more through to a a big career push and so i think that we're putting in hard hours now so that it can pay off down the road um and that's cool with me if that's the case absolutely yeah and hopefully it does because you guys have been killing it so for me obviously i'm a dj um playing all over barstool 12 30 whiskey row i love that too man i love that industry so much yeah yes well you used to work for a record store right Technically, yes. So it's the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corp, which um, if you're from Nashville and know Nashville, it's um, like the Broadway Bash, or they used to be the Broadway Bash. It's all the New Year's Eve, the free shows, and the big Fourth of July parties. Mm -hmm. They are in charge of all the tourism industry. So what they did is 
as a PR push, they set up a record store for eight months in New York, and every single record in the store was somehow tied to Nashville, whether it was written, recorded, or the person was from there. Gotcha. So I worked there at, for eight months, and that's so I didn't like necessarily work at a record store, but like I yeah I did. There were records sold there. That yeah, gotcha. So for you, music-wise, who are you listening to? What's your uh, what's your go-to genre? Oh, are you a country fan? Dude, cliche answer, everything. And okay. I, everyone's like, I listen to everything. I truly do think I listen to everything, but um, I think if I like had to narrow it down, um, electronic is one of my long-lost loves, always has been. Um, I love rock and roll, um, all kinds, classic, punk, metal, whatever it may be. Um, love rap. Um yeah, I mean, I, I truly love it all. I mean, I, I can get into some pop music, too. Like, I just, I love music. Music mm-hmm. flows through every being in me, even though I'm not a musically talented person. Um, I love what music represents because I'm a very competitive person. But at the end of the day, music innately is not competitive. It's like a way to collaborate and be creative and, and express yourself. And to me, that's always been such a big draw because it gets me out of my competitive nature. It gets me into my free-flowing and creative mind. So I've just always loved music for that and many other reasons. But yeah, I mean, uh, electronic, rap, and rock would be my my three. You can put those in any order on any given day, really. Yeah. you. Go to festivals. I know you went to like Bonnaroo fucking yeah. every year. Bonnaroo, me and uh, Garrett, who works on the bus, we started going to Bonnaroo when we were 18, I guess. And we went like eight years in a row. Then COVID hit. And then I got to go back for the first time uh, this past year. But been to a ton of different festivals all around the country. And something about obviously the music aspect, but like the collective mindset of people at festivals has yeah. always been a huge draw to me. It's just, especially Bonnaroo, it's, you know, it's like just all positivity. And it's just like from the outside looking in, you assume those kind of environments are very stressful. And, you know, it's like a, a we're better than you mentality. Like if you haven't been going to this, then you're not, you don't belong, but it's like the opposite. So I, I always love atmospheres where all it is is just, let's just buy into this music and mm-hmm. let's just enjoy it and like spend time with friends and whoever and, and just listen to some good tunes and stay up too late and, you know, be too hung over. I think that stuff is just so much fun. Who did you see this year at Bonnaroo? Um, who did we see? Are you like, are you going to see bands? Are you going to see DJs? Are you going All to do of both? them, man. So yeah. like, I think we, we started like Cheryl Crow. We saw Tyler Childers. We saw Dezo. We saw Corn. We saw Big Something. We saw My Morning Jacket. We saw... You really do listen to everything. Oh, I mean, all of it, man. Yeah. It's like, that's what's cool, cool to me. It's just... Like whether you're ripping down to some corn or some Cheryl Crow, it's like there there's something for everyone, I think, in every bit of music. But mm-hmm. um, I just like as a creative person at my core, it, the creative the creativity creativity like nature aspect of it. Like outside of the music, even is just something I just appreciate just witnessing and like how hard so many people work their whole lives just to get like one shot and then they they take it and they make it. And there's just so much that goes into the the nature of of musicians and and DJs and, and all these people alike that I appreciate on just like at its surface level. And it just goes really deep into that. But I, yeah, dude, music is just. It's just fun. Yeah. Just is just clears the head. It's 
I always just imagine situations with soundtracks. Mm-hmm. My my first job I actually ever wanted to do um, was to score movies. Okay. But then I realized you have to be actually like a composer and you have to know music on a fundamental level. And I was like, well, I was like, you could look at my Spotify though. You know, maybe, but no. like, I got good taste. I'll, no. I'll put it in here. I just, I think that's where I found myself in my career too. It's like being able to put, I don't do it as much anymore, but I do love it. Being able to put uh, video and music together to me is like therapy. It yeah. like just, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you talked to us a little bit about just like everything that goes into it and whether it's an artist or a DJ, anything like that. You guys were just down at LSU. Yeah. Got to see Big Got to Shaq, see Shaq Diesel. Diesel. Uh, how, how was that, seeing him perform, seeing him as like an, N- an NBA great? You're probably a big fan of him. I mean, who doesn't who like is Shaq? It, man? Yeah. And then to see him completely switch and be up there on stage banging out trap and dubstep. Oh, what's funny, it's actually wasn't even the first time I'd seen him. Okay. But I, I'd seen him at Bonner in passing. Like yeah. we were like walking to a stage and we're like, oh, Shaq's playing. Like, let's walk by it. Um, and so we did. But I have a like heavy trap dubstep isn't necessarily for me anymore. I was raised on it though. Dubstep mm-hmm. was like my first concert I ever went to. I was 15. He's a fake ID to get into bass nectar at Limelight, literally five minutes from here. Um, and so like I like I grew up on you know dubstep and all this stuff, which is fun. But I think it's like growth when you you know had dubstep and then you maybe push into some like tech house or like some you know whatever you know something a little bit more. It's like the one genre that I don't really fuck with. Yeah, like, I I don't play dubstep or like hard trap when i'm djing and like listening wise like i love Shaq. if i went to see him yeah, I, yeah. i'd be in and out of there in like you'd, 20 be, you'd be going just to see Shaq. yeah like, like oh shit that's shaquille o'neal yeah. like fucking nba yeah. hall of famer all right let's get out of here but yeah we're gonna hit you with uh some rapid fire questions and then uh that's it man unless okay you, unless you got some stuff that you want to throw my way I like to always hit some people with these rapid fire questions when we got guests on the show. Keep them on the toes. Let's do it. So first one, are you a Swifty or not? I was a Swifty before the term Swifty existed. I was a big Taylor Swift fan in high school. Um, I am not as much a Swift. I'm not a Swifty, but I respect Taylor Swift and what her music is and how influential she is in the world. I figured with you growing up in Tennessee, I mean, it's kind of unavoidable. Yeah. I mean, she um, went to high school at Hendersonville. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen kinda, her in concert a few times, but this is back like the red tour, you know, yeah. early on. So are you a Spotify or Apple guy? Spotify. Okay. All the way. Did you, uh, do you post a Spotify wrapped? I actually didn't post mine this year. I usually post a fake Spotify rap just because it's easy content. Yeah. Like I'll put some bullshit with it, but I actually didn't. But I'm someone who appreciates Spotify raps. Like I don't I'm not like it goes back to the whole like hating things because like cool to hate. Like, dude, post your favorite music. I love music. I want to see what you listen to. So maybe I'll post mine like tomorrow, just like a month late. A little late, yeah. Yeah, and be like, yo, my Spotify raps out. I love seeing the people hate about it. They're like, oh, oh yeah. this is fucking losers posting this. I'm like, it's like I don't mind looking at them because well, especially for me as a DJ, I'm like, oh, let me go listen to get this Get a little person. pulse too. It's yeah, like, it gives me like uh, it's it's almost like you're just kind of never not working and you're investigating of like, oh, cool. What are these people listening Definitely. to? Definitely. Who is your favorite DJ? Oh, 
That is tough. I think I, at the moment, probably John Summit. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's I like a solid John, choice. I like John Summit a lot. The whole, like, John Summit, Dom Dalla, Fred again, like, these kind of, like, guys who've really come into the scene over the last few years. Um, I like the direction it's headed, but... So you um, like the the house and tech house right I now? I do, but again, it's like, I, I can go to any of it, you mm-hmm. know, Subtronics, Grizz, John Summit. Like, I, I, I love so much electronic but i i do i appreciate john and and dom and john john dollar their little yeah their little coalition i'd like to see them live but um if if i could throw in rufus in there too i mean that's kind of they're djs but they're also they make their i don't know like what yeah they're like a full band yeah but i love rufus though so i feel like i just have to give them that yeah you gotta throw them in there if you were a dj what would your DJ name be? Oh, man. Have you ever thought about this? I have. It's so funny. I was thinking about this like the other day. And uh, it's literally just going to totally bite off of John Summit, but I'm going to go Jack Valley. There's literally, that's, uh, the, I can't think of anything Summit right now. Valley, but, uh, yeah, like I was like, valleys. dude, maybe I'm Jack Valley, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I've thought about it so many times, but most of them are so corny that, like, the one I just said was so corny, like, you'd be like, like oh, if I said some other ones, I feel like like yeah, Jack Valley. Come see me and come see me in concert. Come see you at Red Rocks. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Be yeah. My first show ever. <laughs> what is your uh, favorite concert you've ever attended? <sighs> oh, it's so hard. <sighs> I think. How I'm, many concerts do you think you've been to? Or like <sighs> even at like a festival? How many artists have you seen? That's probably even harder than. Favorite show? I I mean hundreds and hundreds yeah. for sure. So trying to narrow it down to a favorite yeah, one is. I th- I mean as of this year, I don't know if you know who Future Birds are. I saw their show at the Ryman and it was really really good. But I think on like a a big scale, Rolling Stones in 2016 here, like right before like Keith Richards was like literally fucking like old as shit like that. To see that as like music that like raised my dad and he introduced me to some of their stuff. I wish I could have seen Skinnerd when before everyone died, but yeah. this got one guy left. But um, yeah, Rolling Stones was like, oh shit, like this is transcending music that's not even just like for me. Like this was made 50, 40 years ago. So I, I could, I, yeah, that, I'll stick with that. Yeah. I'll I mean, stick that's with a that. legendary group that to be able to say that you've seen them is, is awesome. Yeah. Uh, who is your favorite band or artist right now? Probably future birds. Okay. Yeah. I just saw them this past weekend. Um, they're really good dudes. That, that question is so hard for me because I'm such an indecisive person that I think my answer will directly affect the rest of my life. And like a week from now, I'll be like, no, like, I, no, there was this fucking artist. You're like, but, I forgot about that. Right? Fuck, I should have so said I'm, that. I'm just, I'm just getting one out. Yeah. I'm going to think twice about it. If you were uh, going to see a DJ set, what's one song that you would request? Uh, probably Miracle Maker, Dom Dalla. Dom Dalla? Yeah, Hell that yeah. one just always gets people going. I know it's like, it's a very much like a, a front runner 
song of like for his it's not there's like a, a deep ton cut. of there's a ton of like dope remixes to yeah it that's a great song to remix mm -hmm. but anytime i hear that -na -na -na, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just like oh shit oh shit yo back up so, it's like very rave-esque and it just gets you fucking yeah juice like yeah. i'm ready like i'm probably gonna play it now in the car just to yeah. get ready for this uh just i'm gonna get, get ready for the party from my friends yeah. like hey thanks for the fucking ride i'm like oh <laughs> sorry so this is gonna be a good one and i don't know if you guys have ever brought this up as a topic for bussin i know you guys have kind of talked like similar to it but let's say you guys were to do a decathlon of major sports so we're talking football basketball baseball hockey golf tennis racing so like nascar or formula one lacrosse boxing and mma and you're taking only the athletes from those sports who would win that decathlon I like this question because I'm I'm confident in my answer and I'm taking basketball players. Really? Because I either take basketball, maybe maybe hockey or football. But football, there's only so many skill positions that like mm -hmm. a majority of people out there on the field or uh, right at half are linemen. And guys that you probably don't want in like a major sporting competition, guys that are good at blocking but don't have necessarily the hand-eye coordination. I don't want to. I don't want to go that far because those guys are so talented. But I think basketball players overall are the most athletic of any professional sport. They run so much. They play what is it, ninety-two games a year, or however 82, many, yeah. eighty-two. Um, so the endurance factors there and they're all like basketball players and football players alike. Most of them flip flopped in high school and they mm -hmm. played both. But I think in a sports competition, I feel like basketball players might have the edge on a few things, but what's your answer? I think I would go with football players. Okay. I mean, that's, but that's I, my number two. Yeah. Those would be interchangeable as my one and two. Um, I just think when you go to like stuff like a hockey you're gonna find more people in football that can translate to hockey um like the boxing and mma part of it i feel like football players are gonna be more physical and better at like those two lacrosse is gonna be a complete toss-up between all of them who do you think would be taking last place i feel like it's got to be like racers yeah, racers though we were at F one like a month ago, and those guys it's are like that, weirdly coordinated. Yeah, so the there's that advantage. But I think just from the American appeal, like it's very much a European thing. Yeah. Um. I mean, not. Just, I mean, I guess if we're talking NASCAR, no. But I probably golf or racers just because of the stigma attached to it. Yeah. Um. Like I'm confident I could beat the majority of NASCAR racers in a forty yard dash. I, I do too. I I know I would. One player that you get to recruit on offense and defense that's going to make the Titans a Super Bowl contender? That are currently playing? Currently playing, yes. So like this coming year, if you've okay. got to recruit two players to the Titans, one on offense, one on defense, who are you bringing over that turns them into a Super Bowl contender? Okay. Um, I want Miles Garrett for D, and then I want Christian McCaffrey because Derek is most likely leaving and we have Tajay Spears, which I think is going to be the future for the next few years. Mm -hmm. uh, Christian's tough though, because he's also like, this is like his seventh 
season and like he's a I didn't know if you were gonna prone. go receiver depth I yeah, yeah I know honestly I should go receiver so much because we have Tajay so honestly I would really like to see Amon Ross St. Brown from really? Detroit because he has some really really good games and I think he fits the profile of a lot of our like Nick Westbrook Akines and Chris Moores these like kind of like smaller shifty guys where I think it could work out well. So I'm going to, yeah, I'll take the deep ball on that. But yeah, I like Miles Garrett for my pick. Maybe yeah. an Aaron Donald, but. No Micah Parsons? Mike is good, but he had that injury earlier in the yeah. season. But I still don't like, I just chose Christian McCaffrey, who's been like hurt like three yeah. of the last four seasons. Micah literally was one of my other two choices. I was like, I, I mean, just, you can't go wrong with Miles. That's He's a over. good question. That's yeah. a good question that. I'll be thinking about for the next few days yeah. and I'm going to, and I'm going to be like, Oh no, I, I again, said again it's a, yeah, the same uh, kind of concept where I you're going to be like, fuck, I should have said I this. Swear. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming over. Dude, thank the time. you, man. Thanks for letting me raid your fridge and, yeah. and invite me into your beautiful home and your amazing dog, Luna. This has been super fun, man. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time to come over yeah, here, man. sit down and uh, get your story out here. I would love to come back on, you know, next year or something and just really dive into some music talk. Just cool. like, you really, I didn't even get to ask really about your stuff. And I wish I had more time where we could do that, but maybe that's good. Then segue into next year. And yeah. we can really, I want to, I want to know about your scene and, and everything like that. And just, yeah, dive into music like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm still trying to find the direction for this because obviously, being music centered is is something that I like to uh, incorporate with all the episodes and keep it as, as like a theme for them. But I know that I'm going to have athletes on here. I know that I'm going to have artists from different bands, singers, even people that are in record labels um, and, and that field. I want to get deeper into like the whole music field being here in Nashville and obviously for what I do. So yeah, I mean, I'm always uh, down to, to have guests return and, uh, see how life has changed and yeah see i also think changed. music is a great theme to have because it's something that everyone relates to and it's always changing too always so it's, it's never gonna get stale no yeah there's always gonna be music that's like oh back in my day mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yeah but yeah i can't thank you enough for coming yeah, on dude. Uh, thank you anything else that you need to push for yourself obviously if you guys are not watching busting with the boys go check it out go see all the work that he does follow him on socials um, I'll attach all his his handles uh, in the video, and then on Apple and Spotify too, so you guys can go and follow Jack. Yeah, dude, you nailed it. I don't. That's all. Go go tell someone you love them today. You there know? you go. Go go just let someone know that they're doing good in life, and that's that's all I need. <laughs> Positive messages to end yes. it. So if you're listening on uh, Apple or Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button. Watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Leave a comment. Let Jack know any questions that you guys got. I'll get back to him, baby. Yeah. All and then them. if you need those DJ mixes, hour-long DJ mixes every Monday. Go out I on the platform those. mix. I need those. They're Seriously. awesome, man. DJs I, from all over. I need those. Yeah. I need you to send me those. Yeah. It's hour-long shows from some of the best DJs all over the nation, the Say world less. even. So, But yeah, until next time, I'm out. Peace. Check. Mic check. One, two. Yo, is this thing on or what?